So, how was your 2018? Did you have a naked old man living under your bed? Did you get a new deal on that house you bought because it was made out of frozen dead people? Did you call upon Slender Man and then nothing happened for the next hour and a half? <laughs> well, our 2018 was very eventful because we saw a huge amount of horror films this year. That's right, it's time for our annual Attack of the Killer Podcast Awards as we present our top 10 horror films of 2018. Our list may surprise you, so don't lose your head if Hereditary isn't number one on all of our lists. So sit back, warm up some Cheddar Goblin Mac and Cheese, because it's the annual Attack of the Killer Podcast Award Show! Attention planet Earth and beyond! Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 100th Annual Attack of the Killer Podcast <laughs> Award Show. Fuck the Oscars. This is the only award show that truly matters. We will be sharing our personal favorite horror films of 2018. This year we'll be doing things a little bit different than in years past. Um, before we would just randomly discuss films and then cover our top ten. So this year we're going to try something different where we're going to each count down like we're each going to say what our number 10 was and discuss and and number number uh what's that 9 comes nine. up and oh my then gosh, so this on. is going to be longer than i thought <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and then we're going to be sharing some other cool stuff too so the attack of the killer podcast 2018 awards are sponsored by stemmies is standing upright too much for you then let computers do the walking Tonight is also sponsored by Shudder, the number one horror streaming service for In Our Hearts. Only $4.99 a month or $49.99 a year. You can stream anywhere from your iDevice to your Amazon Fire TV to your Roku, you name it, and so much more. You can get a free month of Shudder on us here at Attack of the Killer Podcast by going to Shudder.com backslash podcast. Use the promo code AOTKP. And lastly, the award show is sponsored by you, the Patreon supporters. Without our supporters, there would be no Attack of the Killer podcast. Well, there probably would, but it wouldn't be as cool as it is now. That's right. <laughs> and you too can support the show and get hours and hours of bonus content by going to patreon.com backslash AOTKP. So now, it's time to introduce you to the podcast crew he wears a blindfold to keep himself from seeing something so awful that he would kill himself but i think he's overreacting about bird box it wasn't that bad tad good everybody i liked bird box huh. oh okay um uh, then jason bolger okay no. never mind. um his one wish this year was to see uh, Dylan McDermott and Dragon, his dream came true. Jason Bollinger, everybody. It's good to have dreams. What's up, everybody? Hope you had a good year. Thanks for listening. He was seen running through the streets naked wearing a sock on his junk. Some thought he was playing Truth or Dare. Turns out it was only just a Tuesday. Andy Wassum, everybody. 
I, I, that's good. I'm a, I'm a good red hot. I'm a big red hot Chili Peppers fan when they do Sock Man. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And lastly, it wouldn't be an Attack of the Killer podcast award show without our amazing, without our amazing, wonderful, and special guest. But he couldn't be here, so we got Dustin Neal instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Every year, you guys just dig me right out of the grave and bring me right back on this show. No, I'm joking. I love being here. Happy 2019. Welcome back, buddy. We, I miss you. I, this year. is one of my favorite things about the awards show is you get to be, you're on. You're on the show. Just come back and be completely angry. I promise I won't be like that. <laughs> Sing. Let's get that in writing. Okay. <clears throat> All right, so let's turn it over to Tad. Alright, for this special year-end episode, we're going to do a special year-end What We Watch segment. Now, this one's going to be a little bit different than our normal uh, episode, as we normally just sort of go around and talk about what we've seen recently. Well, we've seen a lot recently. (laughs) According to our Google Sheet, it looks like we've all seen a huge amount this year. Um, Do you guys want me to go through the counts at all, or are we... uh, Yes, do it. Okay. Well, Jason, he came in at 77 at number one. 77 new yeah. yeah, movies or TV shows. So congrats to him. Thank you. Thank you. I would have caught up to you, but I didn't <laughs> want to go above my number of 69. <laughs> I, had, I, I had a goal. I wanted to hit 69 new ones. I did it, and I couldn't watch any more. Damn it. If I knew that was your stopping point, I would have fucking kept going. <laughs> every time, every time I'd be really like... My st- Oh, sorry, good. What? No, that wasn't really my stopping point. It just oh. happened to be that, and I was like, oh, I'll stick with that. Because every time I get like, oh, I'm only ten away from Tad. I think I could catch up, and then you'd add like another like five or six more, and like, son of a bitch. <laughs> well, I watch movies at like tw- twice speed, you know, on my oh. on my devices. No, I'm just joking, Jeez. but um, <laughs> good idea. Say that. <laughs> Don't tell Mike that shit. <laughs> It made, you know, the house that Jack built, like, a normal length movie. Oh, so, yeah. uh, <laughs> you watch that chipmunk style. That's yeah, yeah, and it, it makes it, it puts a whole new, you know, feel to the movie. Um, <laughs> Mike, you came in at, let's see, 56. what did you come, 56? Yeah. That's a good amount. Everybody did a good amount this year. Dustin, 53, right behind him. Right. And then uh, Andy, 19. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I, I'm like usually watching like a lot of old school shit, and uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'll do better. I promise. No like, need to apologize. You know, uh, 19 new properties this year is way more than most people do. Yeah, uh, I think sometimes, uh, and I'll admit to it, I get a little carried away when I see you know the list and the count at the bottom. I know that Jason does too because I see his number jump by 12 a day. There's only 24 <laughs> hours. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, and you know, and you know, Andy, like my motivation. Once the list is up and there's numbers I can look at, my motivation for watching movies is just to just to see who I can get more. ahead of. Yeah, yeah. I, and I'm not even kidding. Like when this list first went up, you were actually uh, you were even ahead of me, Andy. At that point, wow. that's how far behind I was. But it was because of this list it made me watch a shit ton of movies in like a month. So we should explain the list maybe a little more. 
I kind of wanted to. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, just it's a. But how? Go ahead. Also, in my defense, some of those series, watching a series, takes a little bit more time. Those Although, but for sure. Yeah. Well, hell yeah, that's why I skip them, man. <laughs> <laughs> I look at the sheet and I'm like, what's the shortest movie on here? I'm watching that while I take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, watched some, I watched some movies at work this year. Oh my gosh. Yep, I have two monitors. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> yeah, if I could remember the Hulu password, I would have done that oh too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, we kind of at the beginning of the year, we, we start a little spreadsheet and we do it in Google so everyone can have access. We shared file but as the year goes we kind of just add the horror movies that come out each year and we got little columns for each of us that we know is going to be on we fill it in when we watch it and it's it's also really handy i i like because uh we we all share like oh this one finally came to netflix so we all have like a color coding for we can watch it on netflix so it's a way for us to tell each other where we can watch these films too and i don't know it's been really handy it's been fun watching this list grow as the year went on and Man, it makes my heart feel so good because Mike's. I think Mike's in the Andy boat. You know, stuck in the stuck in the past a little bit. If it came down to it, and you put a brand new movie in front of me and a classic that I've seen thirty times, I'd probably put in the classic that I've seen thirty times. But I, but soon as soon as I see yeah. those n- numbers hit the list, and I see Mike's eyes just turn. And it's, <laughs> oh, it does my heart so good to see him. He My motivation is completely wrong, but at least it gets. It doesn't matter to me. I'm so happy. You watch 56 2018 movies this year, horror movies, let alone others. So, oh, the fact that you're watching new stuff makes me so happy. So and so this and this to be episode fair, alone I probably is, watched like uh, you know Andy's list has 19. I probably watched less than 19 quality movies on this list. So. <laughs> Well, and and well, people out there only, listening, if yeah. they're like, wow, that Jason Bollinger watched 77 horror movies this year, I feel his list is a little bit padded because he's got Happy Time Murders on this list. Well, I didn't know. <laughs> I mean, it got on the list when it was the film was announced. We yeah. just haven't taken it off the list. I just wanted, since I it just wasn't. Oh, you just want to give me crap. Hey, okay, so so put him at seventy six, and he's still uh, twenty, <laughs> still twenty, still twenty ahead of you. So. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he was twenty ahead of me, like before the list came out. So, anyway, this list is cool, and, and so when you hear us reference the list, that's what we're talking about. But <laughs> what were we doing? Oh yeah, what we watched. <laughs> yeah, what we watched. Yeah, back to what we were doing. Um, I guess in general, we can sort of just have an open conversation about what you guys thought of the year in horror. Uh, there's been some debate. I think. Was it Variety or, or some major publication put out a list of, or not a list, but an article about how the state of horror in 2018 was was very poor, and uh, some people agreed, some people very much disagreed. So, what do you guys think? I'm impressed every year how well horror's doing. I think it's better this year than last. I think it gets better every year. This list that we were talking about has a hundred films on it. There's a hundred freaking horror movies. Yeah, and we don't have everything. No, we, and just, we definitely yeah, don't. Exactly, we definitely don't. I either. know for a fact that there are at least yeah. 20, uh, what's that company that always rips off the... Asylum? Uh, Asylum. There's definitely 20 <laughs> Asylum. I want to. <laughs> There's at least 20 Asylum-esque, super low-budget ones that I know I didn't put on the list. Damn it. Oh yeah, I bet I, I bet there's 
three times as much as this at minimum, yeah. you know, out there. But uh, I don't know. I I don't. I'm sort of split here because I think Sounds I told like you it. guys earlier that uh, you know I I don't feel like my top ten are all uh, like mind-boggling, fantastic films. I felt like last year maybe maybe it's just because it was my first like awards show, but uh, I felt like the the indie horror uh, was was really strong this year, and then I felt like the major blockbusters were were good, but you know it was everything was it was more sort of straight across the board good. Where maybe last year there was some really highs and some really lows. This one felt more. This whole 2018 for me felt like sort of in the middle. Everything was good. Not a lot of great highlights, and uh, but not a real lot of duds that I watch. If you want to talk theatrically, I feel like this was a better year as far as quant as as far as quantity goes. I feel like we got more movie more horror movies in mainstream theaters than than we've seen in the past. Um, but last year was a hard yeah. year to beat as far as quality theatrical films go. You know, you got you know huge blockbusters like It and Get Out last year that uh, still kind of dominate dominate that. But and I think because of those movies like that, we got to see more movies in the theater this year. Yeah, I think Blumhouse alone has helped propel and them too theatrical yeah. horror. Way more than ever has been in years. Yeah, at least with more original content and not you know based off of another property. Yeah, yeah I was I was saying in in terms of um, themes, the the con- the concepts are are getting higher. We're seeing it. We're seeing a different kind of yeah, uh, <clears throat> you know, and it, it, it's a. I think there's more of a resurgence, like you said, more theatrically. But we're seeing we're seeing them touch upon you know more high concept you know themes uh and i think that's both good but it's good to it's good to you know kind of flip the script a little bit but to asic and puritan purists like me i want to see i want to see older themes with a newer style kind of like how kind of like how they did it with scream and when they just kind of yeah. turned the whole genre on its head i want to see I, I would like to see more stuff not not necessarily like Scream, but I want to see him just kind of turn the genre on its head a little bit more, but still have that old school feel to it. Does that make sense? Oh, a hundred percent. I know exactly what you're saying. I I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that's where maybe my hangups come into play at times with more of more of these independent like A twenty four films and stuff like that. I know I bitch and moan about them being slow burns and or not making sense, or having shitty endings, or whatever the case may be, but I think it's like, and and I'm not totally against high concepts, high, you know, high concepts, whatever, but but I would love to see a lot more of what you're talking about, you know, the, the genre tropes that uh, we're familiar with, but just done in a new style, so... Yeah. And, but and, but, well, and this but is they, probably... They all can't be. No, they all can't be. Right. I just would like to see more. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, I they think can. I think there's a good. I think we can live in a world where there's where we can have both. <laughs> that's, that's oh I'm yeah, saying. totally. I just... um, um, and if if I you know, and this is probably just me. Um, I think if I were to say anything about 2018, I feel like is it just? It is probably just me. But do you feel like the lines and genre are blurred a lot more this year than in years past? 
Oh yeah, and there's several movies Di- on this list that I'm like, is it though? <laughs> yeah, like Bloody Disgusting did an article about that, and theirs was a little more um, to the point where they said, you know, 2018, another a, a year where the line became more blurred, where where more people are arguing what is horror and what is not horror, and I mean, I I definitely get that, and I think that sort of has an effect on my list in general. Um, Mm -hmm. if, if there's a movie that I don't feel that I feel really strongly about, but it's not necessarily strongly horror, I, I'm not putting it high on my list because I don't feel like I can argue that, you know, it's one of the best horror movies. If it's not a hundred percent solid, I know, you know, I can argue that it's horror. So, yeah, which, but it's, it's crazy that some, some of them though, like I will fight tooth and nail that people are trying to argue that it's a you know, a, a deep, I don't know, uh, dark trauma drama movie. I'm like, you're just reaching for things to not call it horror. You know, mm-hmm. it, it yeah. goes all the way back to silence of the lambs and the exorcist when yeah. you know, they, were, they were getting awards and people were like, well, they're not horror movies because horror movies don't win awards. <clears throat> you know, it's just, you just saw a guy carve off another dude's face and you don't want to call it a horror movie. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Jesus. It's like it's the bad word, you know. It's like, uh, well, any call it anything but horror, you know, because that sort of used to be a bad word. And it's like, when are we going to get that point where that's okay? It's, it's okay for a movie to be good and be a horror movie, you know. I, I feel like we're still sort of reaching for that. I, I was hoping that, you know, with Get Out, that, you know, it got so well-respected and won Best Original Screenplay at the Oscars. And I was hoping that would sort of shift things and then this year we still have that argument and we may never ever reach a point where it's you know okay i guess by standards yeah i I still choose to look at it as glass half full i think the blurring of the lines it's only it only helps bring more normies over to our side like i think it only spreads the reach of horror whatever you call it or not if it if it helps get into like you know right well we can talk about Bird Box all you want, but I have guys that would never watch horror movies talking about Bird Box because Netflix shoved it down their throats and everyone fell for it. And anyway, I'm just and if that gets them to watch something that's horror, that might make it easier for them to watch the next horror movie. And, and well, even know. some even some of the most uh, I think. Uh, whether you want to call it PG or you know kid friendly movies have elements of horror in it to me. Uh, a pr- the example that comes to mind: Did you guys ever see? Uh, well, I'm sure you did. You remember when you watched uh, Superman three as a kid, and that computer just grabs a hold of that nurse <clears throat> and just starts go you know wires and crap go into her mouth and all this another all that other shit. That yeah. scene scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Freak me the hell out. Well, what was it? Um, was it uh, AMC back in the day? They did that like 100 scariest moments, and it wasn't all horror movies. They had fucking Wizard of Oz on that list, so you know. And Wizard yeah, of but, Oz, it's got a witch in it, so maybe it is a horror movie. <laughs> but I think it also like you. You sort of touched on it, Jason, when you said Bird Box. I also feel like the way that movies in general are being sort of put out there and gen- it has changed. Um, yeah. If, if bird box went theatrical, it would not have gotten the attention it did. Right. People are so 
and I, I don't want to sound so negative, but it's like people are just so lazy that I know so yeah. many people, you know, 90% of my oh, friends yeah. saw it and they never go to the theater. And it's just, I, it's sort of a, a bummer because it's like, you know, I, I like the movie, but, you know, they're, they're watching this and going, man, you know, this is cool. And it's like, yeah, go see something, you know, go, <laughs> go check this out, this out, this out. Well, that would take effort. You know, I can't lay on my couch, make one click on, on Netflix and watch it. And it's just, you know, it's such a bummer to, for me to see, you know, things be- simply because of their the ease to reach and, and see them is what is getting that, you know, attention. But good on good on them, you know, Netflix for yeah. making something like that. And, you know, it's cool to see a female director get this much attention. You yeah. know, that's cool. Good for them. And it's, it's a weird thing because it's, it's splitting audiences just like normal. And yeah. I, f- I feel like some people are are in love with it because they d- just simply don't see a lot of films and this one sort of was like whoa this is crazy and then i feel like on the other end there's some people who simply are sort of bitter and, and just want to hate on it to hate on it and and that and there, i'm not saying anybody who didn't like it is hating on it to hate on it there's a genuine good you know reasons not to like it but um it's just just observing the way people sort of consume film in general is is interesting in this year yeah, yeah. you know i mean look I, I did anybody else sort of watch black mirror bandersnatch has anybody done that yet no i was been dying to ask you what you thought of i've been looking into it so yeah that's sort of a you know it's not necessarily a, a, the first interactive movie but it was a sort of crazy experience and i don't know if, if that will catch on and people want more of that or if it's going to sort of if people who just want to sit and turn their brains off want more of that or not, you know, if that will turn people off, but that's a whole sort of new thing that came out at the very end of the year with almost no announcements, no promotion. They, they announced it a few days ahead of time and, you know, it's almost an experiment. So, you know, I don't, I don't feel like we need a whole lot of this type of stuff, but it's cool that it's available. Yeah, ever since I was a kid reading the Choose Your Own Adventure books, I'm like, how fucking cool would it be to have a movie that you could do the same thing with? But then I went and accidentally read some reviews, and it just didn't seem to go over very well for the most part. But concept's fucking awesome. So well, I think it's it's almost a movie you can't review because there's right. so many different yep. endings and twists. One movie, the way I saw it, might be completely different from you. It's almost, you know... You could right. do a whole episode on that, and everybody could have seen a different version, and you could hate it because you picked something different, and I could love it because I picked something, you know. Yep, your version's forty-five minutes. His version's an <laughs> hour and a half. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's cool. I like the concept. I plan on watching it, but yeah, I didn't under, I didn't know that was interactive thing. So like your own now, adventure. I, now I'm pissed I didn't watch it. Yep, because I'm like, oh man, I still have to watch a current movie now. Oh, even though I'm done with this, done with this oh, uh, year's movies. Now, when they release the DVD, will they have to give out, like, every single version of that? I don't think that? they can. That's, like, the <laughs> downside of that. Well, who made, who made this? Is this, a ne- is this a Netflix movie? Yes. So you'll probably never see it on a format, on a physical thing. But even if you could, there's uh, a few movies out there that are released physically that have the same thing. Isn't one of the Final Destination movies you can do this with? Um, oh, for real? I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, the, the most famous example being Clue. Oh, the three different endings, yes. Yeah. Well, even, um, what was it, 
is it um, Unfriended? Was that this whole year's Dark Web? Which one was that? Dark Web was this year, yeah. Yeah, that had uh, two different, I think oh, two yeah. or three different endings released in theaters. That's right, it did, yeah. And they didn't even really mention it in the trailers, in the press, anything. It just happened to be like they put it out and people talking online were like, hey, that's not how my version ended. What's up with that? You know, they let people find that out by themselves, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this this is a whole different thing. It goes down, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything, but you can make such small decisions as what your character will eat for, like, you choose between two cereals or two songs he listens to all the way up to um, something mm-hmm. as big as do you kill this person or let them live, you know? Wow. And, mm. and every decision... Cool. Yeah, every single little decision does take a different path. You know, you don't. You think that it's like, oh, I'm, it might I all end at the same. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, well, I, you know, I'm, I want to choose this song, and you think the only difference is the song it plays in the background, but it's not because you know, and and the sort of frustrating thing I had with it was, you can reach a certain point, and then something happens, and it will send you back to a point where you made a decision, and you have to choose the other one. So it's not. It's sort of telling you. Yeah, you made a wrong choice. <laughs> like we got to the credits at one point, and then it sort of cut in and was like, "Oh, well, you need to go back," and it sent us back to like pretty close to the beginning, and we sat, almost had to start over. But it doesn't—you don't have to rewatch everything. It does like a recapped version, sort of like a short. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but uh, fun. After so many times, you're sort of like, I just want this to fucking end. And not because it's bad, but because it's frustrating. Let me out of this movie. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I hope... You have to really set some time aside, because, you know, like you said, I've heard there's some versions that can be as short as 15 minutes and all the way up to, you know, over two hours. And ours is probably about two hours or a little bit more, so I feel like we got one of the longer versions. But I I must have made all the wrong choices. (laughs) (laughs) But you can even sort of look out there on, like, Twitter, and people have tried to see as many of them as possible and sort of put, like, a roadmap for what they consider the best versions or the right version. And you can even just, if you don't want to choose anything, it gives you, like, 10 seconds to choose, and it has a bar that, like, the time ticks away. Uh, Netflix will sort of choose a path for you, and you can just let it go. Hmm. Cool. Nice. But it's a great way to get you and your significant other to fight. It's it's really cool. Uh, <laughs> you just watch it with them, and then you're like, you know, which one? Which one? She's like, I don't care what you choose. And I, I don't care you choose. Like, it's we're like, not picking you know, dinner. That. Pick one of the yeah, exactly. And then it's like, we shouldn't have chosen that one. Now we now it's going to send us back. Great. Oh. Why did you choose that one? God <laughs> damn it! So watch it by yourself. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, that that sort of is touching on on unique things of 2018, but I'm going to go sort of round and we're going to list some of the films that we really enjoyed this year on our list that we saw that didn't quite make the cut. I guess you could say honorable mentions and you know, we don't have to go into full discussions of each one cause well, that could be its own episode, but you know, Jason, what are some of the films that you oh, really enjoyed that you saw? You'd pick me first. Yeah. Uh, well, one of the things I noticed with the list of 2018 is that there were four documentaries. That was neat. 
Yeah, some great um, documentaries. Had, uh, Wait, four. Hold on. Right. There was there was King um, King Cohen. King Cohen. The Wild World of Filmmaker Larry Cohen. Yeah. There was uh, To Helen Back. The King, the King and Hotter Story. story. Uh-huh. I'm blanking on the other two. Oh, Wolfman's Got Nards. Duh. Wolfman's Got Nards. And then there was... What's the last one? The TV show, Eli Ross, History of Horror. Oh, okay. You're I, I cheated. You did cheat. Yeah. But that was, that was pretty cool that all those things existed this year. All things... Well, who knew that... I mean, we all know Larry Cohen deserves a documentary... But how oh, hell great yeah. is that? Yeah, that that man that man's film career <laughs> behind the scenes is crazier than his movies. <laughs> and he made stuff. He made stuff. And yet his film career is crazier. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, I think as we get um you know, th- that's what's great about being, you know, a fan in this time and age is that we have access to this stuff. It not only it used to be like this kind of stuff would be just a special feature on a DVD. And now they're putting more and more money and work into these and they're becoming a thing. Like when we talked to Andre Gower on, on our earlier episode, if you haven't heard it, he sort of mentions that, you know, this, that Wolfman's got nards was not ever intended to be what it is. Now it started as just sort of a little fun thing he was doing. And as he went on the road, touring for uh, the monster squad he realized these fans really have unique stories and the fans are rabid for this movie and it, it snowballed into a very professionally made nice awesome documentary so so yeah for me that's the that that there are three or four feature film documentaries is a testament to a cool place that horror is going like yeah. it's going from special feature on a dvd to a whole freaking feature. To a, a, yeah, a feature-length film. Yeah. So, and TV show, too, which was awesome. And so we all know that we want more of that. We've always loved special features, and it feels like just an extension of that, and that's that's a really cool and thing I liked about. It's great because I'm a sucker for documentaries in general, and yeah. then if it's documentaries yeah, about, me too. about film... I love even more, but if it's about film that I films that I love, which you even know horror films, awesome. it's even more awesome. So, yeah, so it's a it's a great day and age. But I purposely left them off my list because I or otherwise they will all would have been on the list. Now it would be unfair. <laughs> um, and they're you know they're not technically horror movies, just the the you know they're just about horror movies. So if you were to pick. Your favorite out of these ones that came out, which one would have, would have which one was it? Um, I would say. Oh, <clears throat> yep. I thought it was going to be the Kane Hodder one, but there was such a an amazing day with Wolfman Scott Nards. That's, I'm probably yeah. Gonna have to go judge with, it. I mean, Wolfman Scott then, Nards is an amazing movie, but judge it on the merit on of the, the merit film of the alone, film. You're right. It's probably not that. It was good. I, the the history of horror is pretty fantastic. The whole See, series. I still haven't watched all the way through that, so I guess I can't. I, can't it's, it, I mean, it's you know seven hours of documentary awesomeness with with and he because it's Eli Roth, he gets interviews with people who don't normally give interviews. Yeah, I mean, he gets a little more than we normally get. So, but otherwise, Kane Hodder's is freaking amazing. I mean, it's a tearjerker. It's oh yeah, it's it's, it's not outstanding. what you expect at all. It's really it's, really good. It's wonderful. 
which you can so watch it, on Prime. Yeah. Sorry, what is that? Uh, is that what you're you're listening for? You're what you watched? Yeah. Is there anything else? Oh, there's a million things. We had seventy-seven <laughs> films today, and only and ten you can that only get choose to the list. So I could go all day. So I'll pass it on. I've still picked four out of it. So <laughs> that'll be fine. okay. What about you, Mike? Well, for me, um, I will mention um, a couple here um, that like were at, on the list at one time that got bumped. Um, uh, Victor Crowley was on my list for the longest time. And it was one of those that I was like refusing to let go off the list, even though the movies that are that finally made it that bumped it off the list, like are you know are are better movies. (laughs) You know, just Adam Green, Victor Crowley, special place in my heart. So like, and the fact that the experience of seeing that for the first time at Panic Fest. So Victor Crowley was on my list. Um, this one didn't really make my list, but I just kind of wanted to mention it, uh, or it didn't even come close to my list. But I, I, I did, I did kind of want to mention it a little bit, and that was because um, I think I'm the only one who even saw it, so I'll probably be the only one talking about it anyway. And that, and that's Goosebumps too. Uh, I saw it. Oh, I've did you see it? it? Yeah. Yeah. What'd you What'd you think of it? It was fun. I mean, I yeah. I loved the first one, and I oh, thought me this too. one sort of. Ramped it up a little bit, just being so centered around the, the Halloween uh, season. You know, that's what is fun. And I, I liked how they managed to um, to kind of bring it all back, bring all the monsters back, but in a different fashion from the first film. So it's it's not it's not fa- it's not just a, a rehash of what we saw in the first movie. So I, I thought that was cool. But yeah. But I'm glad you did see it because I have a question for you. Because there's one reason, one moment in particular that why I wanted to bring this movie up, um, it, and that's that moment when the kids dress up in costume to disguise themselves as being uh, disguise themselves as being monsters. Was a Halloween three reference? Yeah, <laughs> was that totally a Halloween reference, or is that I coincidence? I, I thought the same thing. I'm like, there's no way that's a coincidence that they're a witch, a skeleton, and a pumpkin. Yeah. In the order, and they they make it pretty front and center. Okay, good. I thought it was just because like what you, what a what an odd reference in the middle of this movie, you know, right? Which also well, that, leads me to think like the people behind these movies, the reason why they work is because especially for us older horror fans and not just little kids, is that uh, they know what they're talking about. Well, it's, it's run by Silver Shamrock. <laughs> Well, it's almost like that movie is getting more references in, in other films than or in TV than anything. I mean, you know, it had big references in The Guest. It was obviously featured in this year's Halloween front and center. Um, oh, there yeah. was that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. animated Nickelodeon show. There was several Halloween 3 references in that, you know. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, it's wow. like become, you know, almost like a, a thing where it's like part of a club. Everybody feels like we're finally all part of a club of people that enjoy you know, Halloween three, it's okay to like it again. And people, <laughs> people want to make sure. That's awesome. Definitely. And let's see the last one. Um, the last one I'll bring up this, this round is, uh, primal rage. Cause that movie was fucking awesome. It, I was so bummed when it got knocked off the list because I mean, if you haven't watched this movie, I'll sum it up for you. <laughs> that will make you want to watch this movie. Bigfoot with a bow and arrow. What? Man, I wanted to watch it so bad, and then I'm like, 
Ah, oh, man, like, I never just, it just never, I never got to it because I thought, well, there's no way a Bigfoot movie's going to make it my top ten, so. <laughs> it was awesome. First of all, the Bigfoot, the Bigfoot creature, you see a lot, and it looks good, and the design is awesome, but you don't know, I mean, I didn't know going into it that it was a Bigfoot movie, and all these people are standing around in the woods, and all of a sudden, people are getting shot down by arrows, these, like, homemade arrows, and I'm like, what the fuck? And then it cuts to this Bigfoot shooting bow, shooting bows and arrows. I'm like, sold. <laughs> Take all my money. <laughs> now, would you rather awesome. watch Legend of Boggy Creek or uh, Primal Rage? See, since you're that, a purist. That's not fair. Cause it's Legend of Boggy <laughs> Creek, right? Honestly, if I were to pick any Bigfoot movie, this this one this one's getting right up there in the top of Bigfoot movies. I'm not even kidding. But Exist is still hands down my favorite big Bigfoot movie. Damn. I dig Abominable. Oh yeah, that was number one for the long time, longest time. But oh, I think I think just Exist is like one of the very few Bigfoot movies that actually makes Bigfoot scary. That's a show in and of itself. We should do Bigfoot. We need to do a Bigfoot show. Harry and the Hendersons will always yeah, have yeah. my heart. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. is that all of your uh, what you watched, your, your top that you didn't make on your list? Uh, for now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dustin, what about you? Wow. Uh, I had a top 20 this year, <laughs> believe it or not. And yesterday I was taking off 10 movies and keeping 10 and that was very hard yeah so the the, i just want to say the movies that didn't make my list or the movies that you don't see on my list i didn't hate those because i know that's probably what people think because that's that's how it works sometimes but no no, i had if we've heard you we know that it's not that you hate because you'll make that list separately (laughs) (laughs) it exists um uh, I thought a movie that didn't make my list that was really cool was Unsane. And uh, yeah. you guys had already yeah. talked about that, you know, walking that fine line of is this horror, is it not? I thought this walked it pretty well. Yeah. Um, and uh, I thought the way that it was shot was excellent. Um, and, and the way that it, I think they, they filmed the entire thing on an iPhone. Yep. And oh, yeah. I didn't know that until after I watched it, oh, and that kind of like blew me away. I'm like, holy cow! I would have never have guessed this was filmed on a phone. They did an excellent job. I well, thought it was super scary. Well, since yeah. you mentioned since you mentioned that though, because I mean, I knew it was going into it, so it seemed obvious to me. But did you? So I'm curious though. Did you didn't know it was shot on an iPhone? Did something just feel a little? different about the filmmaking of of this movie to you it, it did it, it almost reminded me of like something older like filmed on something older i was like well, looking at it yeah the quality's not up to par but their choice of camera angles you don't normally get in a traditional film that's shot with a regular camera because nine times out of ten you can't get a camera in that in that spot, in the tiny right. little spot that you can do with an iPhone, you know, and maybe I need to watch it again because, like I said, I didn't know uh, that it was filmed on an iPhone, so I could probably tell you yet, uh, yes, having watched it again. But you know, with you, Mike, being a director, you can probably tell right away. Um, yeah, so I thought that one was really cool. Um, yeah. I, I, I want to bring up just one other one real quick. Uh, 
because of the way it was filmed was which unfriended which we touched on just for a little bit there with the endings um i've i watched the first one on my computer and i watched this one on my computer oh shit smart move smart move it's it's the best way to watch these movies if you've got a mac it's even scarier because i don't know like i said the last one i watched i don't know how many times i looked up at their clock which is always up there because that's where my clock is, and I'm watching it in full screen. I'm like, wait a second, why do I have these apps open? I, I don't know how many times <laughs> I looked up on the movie to see what time it was, because I'm like, I got shit to do, and I'm like, well, that's not right, and I click on it, I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm watching the goddamn movie. <laughs> like, it, you're fully immersed if you're watching it on your computer. I, I, I think that's how everybody should watch these movies. I don't think this is a theater movie, as much as I, I say go to the theater and watch a movie. Uh, this one, <laughs> does, you shouldn't do that. I just thought it was cool. It didn't make my list, but I really enjoyed it. It was cool. I, yeah. I don't know what it is about these these Unfriended movies, but I freaking love them. I think I even liked uh, this one more than the, than the first one. It was, everything in it is real. All the software that they use, all the yeah. websites that they're on, are. this is real things that you can use in the real world on your computer right now today. And that's what, that's how I get immersed in it. Just being a computer technician, I see some of these things, I use some of these tools, um, you know, and just the, the, the dark web stuff. I don't. I don't think you're actually going down a, a dark tunnel. <laughs> right. Yeah. The dark. Yeah. But you do access a like a command prompt with you know text based stuff. I mean that's that's legit things that you that you would uh, be accessing if you were to be on the dark web. So um, really spooky. And the dark web is real shit. I mean that's yeah. it's out there. It exists. I mean, Trust it's, him. It's. <laughs> <laughs> oh it man, is, I can uh, just imagine your heart fluttering every time like a program would like. Sh- just quickly snap everything to black and it'd come back up. You're like, my fucking computer. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, what's so great about the movie is when it starts up, it starts up the just exact like same way a Mac computer starts up. That's it crazy. plays the chime, it shows the Apple symbol, and I'm like, huh. okay, hold on. I was instantly sold on that, yeah. on that fact right there. So I think that's the about the only way that that you can watch the movie. So that's... That's just me, though. The only thing, only only thing that took me out of the movie a little bit, and so since you're a techie guy, you can correct me if I'm way wrong on here. But when the killer or the the bad guy is on screen and he's all digitized, like how is that happening? I don't think that I, I, I that there that's was the I paranormal think, part of it. Yeah, I, that's to me what I thought was kind of like the the. Uh, that I don't think is a legit thing you can do unless you or like he's have some kind of filter on, suit but, or something. And, and somebody would have to be monitoring that filter <laughs> to make sure he's digitized as he's walking walking through the through the room or whatever, right? Right. Not not so, everything on it is one hundred percent like yeah, legit, yeah. but there a lot there. Like I said, the software and stuff they use is well, is stuff that you could go and download today well, if you wanted to. Not only did it take me out a little bit because I'm like, okay, that wouldn't happen in the, you know in the, in this digital in this computer world, but it felt extremely unnecessary. Yes, that I and I hate and that. I hate that digitized shit. When anytime you have a movie that deals with something on a computer, because they always have to add the sound effects that don't exist. Oh, right, you yeah. know the no, crackling noises that, that, that don't exist. Silly. But it was unnecessary. Like the guy was wearing a hoodie. You know, it didn't matter. He didn't have to digitize his face. <laughs> like, why are we making it's it stupid. supernatural when it turns yeah. out to not be? Supernatural. And it's not. You know, yeah. There was never anything that it was made cool, it. Yeah, but it wasn't. 
Right. Well, for yeah. the sake of argument, he could have had something in his pocket that could sort of um, magnetic like, vest. Oh, I was thinking like uh, something that would you know take down the quality of Wi-Fi, like not quite a blocker, uh, but something that you know would make the the route his router uh, you know considerably. Quality, right. mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's a stretch, but you know. Yeah, it didn't have to be supernatural, gotcha. And then the other thing, so like. Between this movie and Cam, I had an an, an epiphany oh, like shit. of movies that that take place um, in the world of computers or whatever, or being online. And maybe it's just me since I have such bad luck with uh, with technology. But um, just no way anything runs that fast. Every time they <laughs> type in some kind of command, it's like instantaneous. No, uh-uh. not in my world. People, not my computer. People type that fast, Mike. But, but my computer takes as long as the movie just to turn on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cam was excellent. That that was just scary for the fact of of uh, uh, identity theft. I mean, uh, in kind of a spiritual way there at the end. But like that was frightening because wh- everything up until the end is. I feel like is legit too. I mean, somebody can steal your identity. They can steal your videos. They can steal your uh, IP and be your. Yeah. They can be you, and that's people are doing it right now. So it's that's another scary thing for sure. Yeah, Mike. It was a. Uh, it was a. Uh, don't get, let's not get started. <laughs> We're not going to get started. Uh, on my that. only my only gripe on unfriended dark web is, um, I couldn't read half the shit on the screen. Their, their their instant messages back and forth, like just the quality was. Yeah, that was my and I'm like, that bummed me out because I just really wanted to be able to follow. Like I thought I was missing stuff. Mike's like, ah, he saw it before me, so he's like, ah, it's not really important. So I made myself get over it. Well, I I didn't feel like you missed out on any information. I thought because I could, I probably was able to read less than you True. because it's me um, and my eyes, but. Uh, like I still felt like I knew these characters enough. Yeah. I felt like I had completely understood what was going on at any moment. Yeah. And any time there was text on the screen, I felt like it was far much larger and legible. Uh, that the text I text that I mean that was important um, to what's going on in the story. So. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, it was good. Yeah, Cam's just a metaphor, Mike. Chill out. Uh, I don't want to get into Cam. <laughs> Unless it's on somebody's list, then we'll get into it. But. Did you have any others on your uh, honorable mentions, Dustin? Uh, I Yeah, about eight more, but we don't have to talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, what about you, Andy? Um, well, uh, since this probably would have made it on my top ten uh, movies, but since it's a series, I figured I I just put it on my honorable mentions. Uh, the Haunting of Hill House on Netflix, which I thought was really great. There there was jump scares in there that I could not predict, and the camera work was it always seemed like it was revolving, and it tried to make you guess when the jump scare was going to happen and I never could. So I thought that was very, very effective. And the overall story I thought was great too. I mean, uh, there were times where you were just, you know, scared out of your mind and other times you were just like, man, I'm just like, this is like a tearjerker. Yeah. So the, the whole, the whole series was, was done really well. And from what I hear, the, uh, 
if they do add, if they do go another season, uh, they will not. It will be a completely different family. The Crane's story is told. So, uh, another one on my uh, on all Betsons was Mayhem. I really enjoyed that. Uh, Joe, Joe Lynch's Mayhem, uh, and uh, of course Adam Green's Victor Crowley was on there too. Uh, yeah. Just the whole, you know, I'm. 70, well, technically, two movies from 74 and then all the way up from 78 to 84. I'm a huge fan of that crazy slasher craze anyway. So that that will, you know, the worst slasher movie I will sit down and watch. I do not care. Uh, and then uh, in terms of, you know, combining uh, the you know, slapstick humor and, and horror, if it's done you know, you can combine them, but if it's done really well, it, I think it works really well. And I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Santa Clarita diet as well. Yeah, that, that was so really funny. good. So funny. Laughed my ass off. Timothy Olyphant is the funniest oh. fucking guy ever. <laughs> oh, I used to not like him. Who knew he was that funny? Yeah, I love him on this show. So Abba funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh. When when he's walking into that house and he's like, he doesn't know that like, there's potential buyers there with his wife and he's just like, honey, we are so fucked. <laughs> and he screams <laughs> it and he's just like, lucky to have you people here. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, he's awesome. I, that, yeah. he's, he's just gold. But yeah, those those would be my honorable mentions. I like, um, I like a little bit of funny with my... Uh, with my scary every now and then, a la Me Sam too. Raimi, that kind of that kind of thing. So. They could announce a season three anytime now. Yes, Amen. yes, awesome. I'm I'm literally the only one on the list who hasn't watched that Santa Clara Diet, so I guess I better get on it. You should, you should. It's it's good. It's quality. Mm-hmm. I watched quick, the first episode. Pace. Yeah, I've watched watched the first episode of the first season. Um, so I guess I just need to get back to it. And catch up, you guys. I mean, the first season's good, but the second season I felt was even it was it way better. Yeah, yeah. It was better. So, so it gets better with time. And I think you could watch it with Nikki. She, you know, it's a good family mo- show too. She, yeah, so it's there's some of the, there's a little bit of gore, but yeah, I would. You no, know, she loves, the, <laughs> she little. loves the gore and all that stuff. <laughs> she, she absolutely hates Drew Barrymore. Oh, so. she's not going to like the show at all. She, <laughs> has, she, has, she has a personal vendetta against her. So mm. even though she's so great she, in it, but she's like not allowed in our house. If uh, uh, wow, she wants to come over. Well, she's not to get too far down the rabbit hole, but she's like uh, <laughs> Nikki's been like a diehard Tom Green fan. Oh, and wow. she's read his book and stuff, and she, he sort of uh, yep. makes her out to be not a great person. So she has some yep. personal issues against her. But, anyways, um, I, I guess I'll she's go into some of my <laughs> some yeah some of my uh, honorable mentions. I have like Dustin said, I have like you know another ten that are on my list that could have snuck in there. But I'm gonna do some that I see either. You know, very few of us or none, no one else watched that I thought were worth mentioning. Um, Are We Not Cats was very disturbing, fucked up, and dark. Uh, I recommend that one. I think it's on Amazon Prime. And that one's just sort of a, man, one of those movies you watch and you want to go shower afterwards. <laughs> um, no, November I watched in the last couple days. And that one is sort of 
weird black and white artsy film. It was a little too out there for me story wise. I mean, either it was as simple as I think it was, or they were trying to make <laughs> make it more than it was. But um, it felt like the witch, like they someone watched the witch, and then they're like, "I'm going to do that in all black and white with this weird wheel made of sticks that talks." I don't know. There's there's something in there. It's it's definitely uh, the imagery in that is gorgeous. It's really cool, and it, and something kept me watching for the runtime. But story wise, there's not much there. Um, Satan Slaves was another really creepy one. I thought was not getting a lot of love this year. I watched that. I think it's on that one's on um, Shutter. Our friends at Shutter have yep. that one. I'd recommend watching it as always with subtitles. I watch a little bit at work with the with the overdubs, you know, the English dubs, and that to me always takes me out. Yeah, of a movie. Um, something it's it's just it sort of ruins their performances. But that one's really creep creepy and dark. Has some really dreadful moments. And let's see. I think another one that was not on my list. What keeps you alive was really fantastic. Yeah, uh, it was. Yeah, sort of a you know um cat and mouse game between a lesbian couple i mean that's all i can really say about it and it's strong yeah the the, there's a female bad guy and it she's awesome and and the she's actually the one of the leads in the purge tv series too and she's really great in that also and plays the exact opposite of a character (laughs) which is really cool like she plays the victim in that but um I also have to give a shout out to the the Hulu series Into the Dark. Every episode has been really good to, for me. I yeah. I was you know I think some people were sort of crapping on it. Um, I've really I've finished the uh, no, the Thanksgiving one last night, uh, Flesh and Blood, and I'm like, man, all these have been not necessarily home runs, but they've all been really enjoyable. Cool. So you know, new New Year, New You was great. The body yeah. is probably the body was awesome. Um, oh yeah. Puka or what, what's Puka. his? Is that Puka. yeah? Puka. Puka was a lot of fun. It's probably my oh man, it's it's hard to choose a favorite, but overall, you know, I'm loving that series. So, so once a month, those, Hulu puts yeah. out a Blumhouse we'll, produced. Movie. And I'm curious to see what they'll do now that we're sort of you know going into a month without holidays, right. where uh, they've done you know the typical holiday for each month. I'm curious to see what we'll get, it, it, unless it. I don't know how many episodes right. they're doing, if they're doing a whole year or not, but, and then let's see if there's anything else. I think that's sort of all of my honorable mentions for now that I really liked, but didn't quite make the top of my list. <coughs> and that's what we watched. Yay. Awesome. Man, a lot of stuff, a lot of good stuff. So we need to get started. Yeah. Top ten. Yeah, Let's get yeah. Into it. Hey, hey, just be, uh, I just want to mention that I do have some reviews. Oh, yeah. from that I plucked from Amazon and Rotten Tomatoes. I've only got a handful this year. It was pretty hard. But if anybody who listened to the episode last year, I took, I went and found some one star reviews from Amazon <laughs> and Rotten Tomatoes of movies that were obviously good. Well, I've done that this year, but I've also done the opposite. I've went and found some movies that are just obviously terrible and found some five-star reviews. And then I've also just found some funny people doing 
reviews that they're just kind of buried <laughs> in this <laughs> sea of just terrible reviews. So eh, I've only, like I said, only got a few. If we don't get to these movies, which I'm sure we won't get to some, I'll just read them at the end of the show. But I just wanted to make sure that let people know that I do got some. Yay, I love that part. Yeah, yeah me shoot. too. Okay, then. Cool, yeah, okay, so save that towards the end. Got it, okay. So then let's we'll start with our top ten. With our number ten. Let's <clears throat> see who... Oh, wait, also, yeah? at the end of the show, we're also playing another game where... <laughs> yeah, we have to guess who... Each is number Each one. Is number one is, and whoever gets the most right wins. What do we win? Just let's play first. Oh, oh! But anyway, damn it! I should have tried harder. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's see, Andy. Why don't you start us off with your number ten? Ooh, alphabetical. With my, <clears throat> with my number ten. Okay. Now keep in mind that I only saw nineteen of these things, so my <laughs> list may be maybe a little bit different. A little bit different than yours. So. Um, for number ten, I actually had the nun. Oh, and, really? Yes, yes. And there's, I mean, it's 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 not it's not near as good as some of the uh, other you know parts of the Conjuring universe, or whatever you want to call it. But the reason why I liked it is because it tied together nicely with the Conjuring series towards the end with uh, Ed and Lorraine mythos, and I really like that. I also like the fact that it had a gothic tone that I wasn't even expecting. I wasn't, that's, that, it wasn't the movie that I wasn't expecting to see. It was, um, I like the fact that it, it, it was almost like a throwback to, like, the Hammer horror films, just in, in settings and, and tone and stuff like that. And, but I will say this, and I know that we're not trying to be negative. They totally ripped off the ending of Demon Knight, start uh, Tales from the Crypt, <laughs> Demon Knight. But I really think that you know some some of the scares were, were good, and uh, snakes just generally fucking terrify me. Anyway, <laughs> so um, but yeah, that 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 made my number ten. May not make other people's, but I I, I enjoyed it. You know how many stars I gave it. None. None. Uh, none. Oh my god. That's awesome. That's a mic joke. I'm just pissed <laughs> I didn't think of it. <laughs> uh, who else saw the nun? I I saw it. I did not. I think most of us did, right? Yeah. I okay. I didn't I I I'm just joking when I, I just saw the pun there, but I I agree with Andy on the tone of it and the look of it uh was was really gorgeous and really cool. And was it? Um, oh, I forget her first name, but it's Farmiga. It's uh, the lead actress in it. She's her and yeah. her sister. She was in the final girls. The uh, Tamisa or Tight Tam- something. But uh, Farmiga. Farmiga. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I enjoy her a lot. So I okay, and I I either a. Watch this too late at night, or B, maybe I'm getting burnt out on the Wanniverse, or C, I'm just burned out on ghosty stories in general, which that's definitely true. But uh, yeah, I wasn't a fan of this one, and I, I've liked most of them that I've seen from the Wanniverse. Um, but uh, but this one, yeah, uh, this one I just found kind of boring. There were some cool moments. There's some really cool moments. Uh, probably one of my favorites is when the when the priest is buried alive with the ringing the bell and stuff. 
Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, just didn't. I don't know. Just didn't do it for me. I, another thing that I want want to add um, <laughs> that I had a, a little bit of trouble if if there's a possessed demon around, you know, and you have the blood of Christ inside this convent. I think that a demon would want to get the hell away from that thing, like as far as humanly possible. And plus, at the same time, you can bless, you can bless, um, you know, wine and, you know, wafers and have it be the body and blood of Christ. And then you just coat the walls in that shit. And I'm, I can guarantee it's going to drive the demon out of there. It's not going to want to be, it's not going to want to be there, but that's just the writer in me talking is, you know, just solving problems. But That's just how I look at it. I, I I agree with Andy in the sense that when I watched The Nun, um, uh, I didn't get to see the movie that I thought I was going to see. And that this movie <laughs> I thought was terrible. I love The Conjuring universe. I yeah. loved every one of them. I got all of them. And this one was such a huge disappointment for me. Uh, I was really hoping that they would explore The Nun's backstory and universe and in this case the nun already existed it was kind of already there um uh, i i just thought they would uh, go through that uh that door that the nun came out of a little bit more uh explore that basement area i just there was just so much potential with this movie leading up to it with all the other conjuring movies that i felt like it just kind of just it fell flat for sure um I don't know. I, I just was so disappointed. I was so hyped up, and I just, I, I, I just didn't think that the tie-in with the the couple at the end. I mean, I knew it had to come. I didn't know how it was going to come, but I just, I just felt like that was a kind of like an afterthought as well. But you know, I'm trying not to be negative, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's all subjective, you know. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the. I, I just can't wait for the one where all these ghosts team up to take out the Warrens, like adventure style. <laughs> yeah. you know? Yes. <clears throat> That's, That's the movie I'm happen, waiting right? for. The next one's uh, uh, Annabelle, but it's like running around the Warrens' house, right? Like Home Alone style. Oh, really? <laughs> Home <Yeah>. Alone style. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. Ba- I wasn't big on the Annabelle movie either. Which one? Uh, the I've only seen the first one, but it just kind of turned me off from even seeing the second one. Oh, creation's good. <laughs> trust me, creation's good. No, you don't have to trust me. I, it's actually pretty good. It's decent, and it ties in with the first one really well. That makes you like the first one. So, just saying. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Okay. Um, so, keeping it alphabetical, Dustin, what was your number ten? Uh, my, man, my list is weird. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I, I loved mom and dad. I yes. <laughs> I had so much fun with mom and dad that really I was in it the entire movie until the, the fucking non ending right. pissed me off so much. So bad. Uh, it almost it, it flip flop back and forth yesterday but i i just had so much fun with it that i tried to remember that and that's how it made it on my top 10 list i thought nick cage was nick cage um (laughs) but anybody you know when i was on the show 
a while ago, I was always talking about how I loved breakout movies where there's a virus or there's something slowly taking over society and it's just everything's crumbling around everyone. Those are my favorite sequences in movies and I've got a couple more on my list that are the same way. This one was like a whole new different thing with all the parents having the urge to kill their kids from some kind of signal. And this the whole beginning of the movie probably till almost like the second act is like this breakout of parents killing their kids. Uh, I just I, I knew I loved the movie. I knew <laughs> that I was in it at the the when the sister is having the baby uh, uh, in the hospital and they're playing rock set in the background and I'm like okay I'm sold me. because I, she's, <laughs> and she's just like she's squeezing the newborn baby and you're like okay what's gonna happen what the fuck is happening it's so tense right here I just I knew I loved it uh, my only gripe with it is just that that terrible non-ending but I like I said it flip flop back and forth so it's my number 10 man I'm with you I love this movie too um this is this is the movie I wanted to see because it, it, I'm I'm trying to pull it up on IMDb <coughs> when my phone's being slow. Um, I can't remember the director's name, um, but he's one of the he's one of the crank guys, and I love the crank movies. You do, mm. and this is this is the movie this is this is the movie tonally that follows the crank films 100. percent It's crazy, it's nuts, and it's freaking hilarious. I mean, I laugh my ass off through this whole movie <laughs> nick cage in true form and i just love those moments where where um, mom and dad they're talking normal to each other as they're devising plans to kill their children in the basement yeah. <laughs> you know and then when lance hendrickson shows up as nick cage's dad and then he they go to town and it's just it yes. is just hysterical and i i agree with you on the ending it is such a non-ending it does it can piss you off the only reason why it didn't bother me is because I felt like it was just the whole thing was just a setup for that joke at the end. You know, it's just like oh, we love you, kids, but some days we, you just we just want to fucking and then just cut right there. <laughs> I I was laughing my ass off even at that moment. So yeah, um, yeah, mom, uh, mom and dad, I had such a blast with it. So to me, like mom and dad and the crank movies, and I, I know I've said this before about the crank movies. This is what trauma should be doing. To me, these these are like modern day with a real budget trauma movies. <clears throat> Getting washed up actors to just be nuts. <laughs> yep. Not just over the top concepts, inappropriate toilet humor, um, and and at just. 10. Yeah. But what's that? At ten. Yeah, everything cranked <laughs> up 10. to everything cranked up to ten, um, and just you know totally hyperactive. Yet, well made, and story comes before everything else. Don't look at me like that. Well, that's where I disagree on this one. I, <laughs> I mean, yes, I agree with all the things you said. The movie's awesome and cool and fun, but because of the non-ending, that put it on the bad side for me. That not ruined the movie, but it makes it a bad movie. It undoes... It doesn't make it a movie because of the movies have an ending. This one didn't. So this was just a joke. Uh, this is a one-liner joke put into 90 minutes. So that's wasn't necessarily a movie to me. But and that's why I, it works for I me. I agree. All the stuff is great up until then and hilarious. But 
That's what kept it off my list, anyway. Yeah. So does does it echo, uh, say, beware children at play? <laughs> mm, maybe, maybe a little. But it's the uh, it's the uh, it's the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, except for the ending when the parents take revenge on the children. Yeah. But it's on Hulu. Everybody can watch it there. Yeah. Ooh. Lou. <laughs> All right, uh, Jason, what's your number 10? Oh, God, this means we have to finally settle on our list. <laughs> I'm not ready. Okay. Uh, I'm going to put, for my number 10, got to tell a little story about it in a bonus episode that you can listen to on <clears throat> Patreon, but I picked Suspiria, Suspiria. as my number 10. It's fucking awesome. At at first, I'm like, it made me like reconsider if I'd even seen the original. I'm like, what? I swore, hmm. what? You know? And then like, but it was so uh, stylized and artistic and unique and bonkers. And you're just trying to hang on as this movie pulls you through. Like, what the fuck is going on? You know, you, you know what's going on, but just how it's getting there is just like, what is happening? And... Then it just fucking lays it all out there at the third act and just goes off the rails and it's amazing and um but I get that it's it's been it's been a little polarizing for some because it's in no way necessarily like the original and that's that's okay you know I think a lot of times people will say you know if you're gonna do a cover song make it your own. I think they say that, and then when it's not, mm. then they get mad because it's different. But anyway, it's it is different. But the there's enough idea in there that that makes it very similar in the same world. And it's I don't know. I I freaking loved it. It was a uh, it was a uh, I get to the end, you're just like what the fuck. It was awesome. So I definitely recommend it. It's you know it's a little long, but it's good. It's bonkers. It's beautiful. The score is amazing. I I really liked Suspiria. Now, Tad, you're the only other one I think that's seen this, right? Yes. I I enjoyed it quite a bit too. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Uh, I'll go with my number ten next. Just keeping things in alphabetical order here. Um, my number ten. So excited to talk about this because one, because <laughs> one, I think right now. I am really excited because one, I loved this movie and I hate I hate fucking ranking things. I hate it because like I'm sitting here looking at it now and I'm like, oh, maybe I should move it up. <laughs> anyway, but what I also am so excited about is like I'm pretty sure this is going to be one that's going to surprise most of you who probably are getting an idea what my likes and dislikes are when it comes to films. Um, but my number 10 is Night Eats the World. Hell yeah. This movie was awesome. Freaking loved yeah. it. It just missed my list. It's 11 if I could have had 11. Now, those who know me and listen to me on the show are like, but you hate slow burns. You bitch about it all the time. Yes, I do. But this one spoke to me. I'm not, and it reminded me a lot of um, um, the first half of Last Man on Earth, the old Vincent Price movie, which is my, my favorite Vincent Price movie. 
and was also an in- the inspiration for my film Collapse. And I just I love to I love the even just like sit around and think about the mundane lifestyle of living in a zombie apocalypse. Like when you've reached that point and and things leading up to that. And this whole movie is just this one guy um, he goes. He goes to his ex-girlfriend's apartment to retrieve some old cassette tapes that were his, and um, she keeps trying to keep him from leaving for whatever reason. And she's just like, "Your tapes are in the other room. Go in there. You can get your tapes, but wait for me." So he goes in there and he waits and he waits and he waits. Eventually, he passes out, falls asleep, and he wakes up the next morning, and everybody at the party's gone and. The the apartment is in shambles, and there's blood all over the walls. And he leaves the apartment, and you know like, everything's in shambles there. And he comes to quickly realize that uh, there's been a zombie outbreak, and uh, everybody's gone, um, and there's just zombies everywhere. So so he locks himself in the apartment, and then he you know he uh, he slowly expands his new world, where it just kind of starts in this one room. That he's locked into, and then and then he like uh, expands it out. You know, he like digs a hole in the um, floor of the apartment, which leads down to the next apartment, and he gets down there until eventually he's kind of taken over most of this apartment building. He's fortified areas that he needs to board up, um, and uh, you know he's locked the doors of the ones that's got zombies in it. Uh, the the, the uh, apartments that got zombies in it. He's he's rummaging around different apartments for supplies and food and whatnot. Um, and you get moments where you know just him dealing with the boredom of his new life and his slowly de- slow decline in the madness of total isolation. And so and and the movie is solely based uh, ba- uh, dependent on this one actor, this one character who I thought did an outstanding job. Like I was so invested in him and his his journey through the whole thing, so I loved this movie. And and part of like my ten my top ten list, so I'm probably gonna say this a lot every time it's my turn. <laughs> like part of what I made me narrow down this list is what what movies are are the ones gonna be that I want on my shelf. That's always a deciding factor for my top ten. That helps kind of narrow it down at times. So that also means movies that I know that I would watch more than just this one time. And this is one of those that I would I can't wait for it to sit on my shelf. So, You know what I love about I, this movie being on your list? What? It's that, well, the enigma that is you and St. Mike, that the one of the reasons, one of the things about this movie is a reason you don't like other movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. It's the like, it's the like, wait, nothing really happens. That's right. Yet, that's an excuse to not like another movie, but in this movie, you're like, oh, it's awesome. This is the same. And, and so all funny. movies are subjective. It just all falls in within your personal taste and whatnot. And this one clicked with me. This one worked for me. And I think, I think it just has to do with that, that fantasy of, of day to day, day to day life in a zombie apocalypse. And, yep. and just the, and just the contrast of what, normal day-to-day life is like in a non-zombie apocalypse world versus versus what this guy's day-to-day life is and he does things and i'm like i would do that too like setting up buckets on the roof to catch catch the rain uh-huh. you know shit like that so yeah and i also you know I, even though i i'm a 
fan of um, I or I'm not a fan of slow burns for the most part, but I'm also fan a fan of simplistic stories, uh, minimal locations, and small casts. Uh, this has all those, and it has the <laughs> that to the T, and. But I'm only a fan when it can hold my attention the whole time, and this one does. And I think that's testimony to the directing and the uh, acting in this film. For sure, Pretty great. I thought the most relatable scene for me was when he goes and risks everything to go get a cat. Yes, <laughs> because uh, because yep. you're laughing and it's yep. it's funny and out of context, but. In that situation, when you're so deeply lonely and just want anything, and yeah. you see, see a living pet, like as I, I, if my, you know, I, my dog is my everything, man. Like if I come home and he doesn't greet me and he's not happy to see me, I'm, I'm like, well, fucking throw this day away, like, you know. And I, I would, I would do the same thing. It's like in that situation, you know, he risks it all and goes out in the street to try to get a cat. And it's not because he's trying to save a cat. It's because he wants a cat. And this movie does a really good job of like showing what the mind will do. And what, what that isolation is like. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, that's a a lot. That's a very important scene. And I'm not an animal guy. So that part of me, part of me sitting there wanting to yell at the screen, like, don't be a fucking idiot. It's a fucking cat. But at at the same time, I I sit there and I don't yell at the screen because I'm sitting there. I'm like, well, I get it. No, I get it. I would probably do the same thing at that point. Yeah. And I'm not a pet guy. Oh, what's that? You get hungry enough. (laughs) Sorry, Chad. That's right. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, so that's my number 10. Oh, the number 10s. We did it. We're done. I didn't do a number 10, but... That's oh, shit, oh, that's shit, right. Look at that. There's Ted. Quit fucking I with me, you. Jason. You made me forget. <laughs> Tad, Tad, what's your number 10? My number 10 is One Cut of the Dead. Oh, shit. And really? It's Yeah, it, it you know popped up for a few hours on Amazon Prime. I guess it wasn't supposed to. Um, luckily, I watched it in that short window. It was up because of the hype behind it, and... Um, it, it knocked something, clearly knocked something out of my list last minute. Um, but I, I keep telling Jason and Mike that they would love this one because it's so, it, it's very meta. It's, it's not something I've really seen before. And without spoiling it too much, the, the movie sort of the, the premise is there's, it's a Japanese movie. It's film crew is out filming a zombie movie on a sort of deserted location, an abandoned uh, warehouse type thing, and then suddenly there's real zombies taking over, and so it sort of blurs the line of what's part of the production, what's not, and then 30 minutes into the movie, there's another huge twist that sort of turns the movie on its head that I won't spoil, but um, this is really fucking cool just because of the, the concept and the way it's done is very unique. And it's a lot of fun. And I think you guys will love it because um, from, you know, the filmmaker's standpoint, you guys will appreciate it. It's basically this, like, ragtag crew trying to make a zombie movie. Love it. And it's, and it's very realistic in the way of how these things are interrupting and, and how they sort of go with it at certain points and things they do to adjust to the fact that they're – it's, like, really happening, but they're like, well, you know – It'd be a shame not to keep the cameras rolling. So, <laughs> and I, that's I instantly thought of you two because I'm like, oh, you, you'll you'll you would love this this the concept of a film crew out there making a movie with their friends and sort of 
you know. Sure, this horrible her. thing's happening, but man, this footage is awesome. Exactly, yeah, so pretty still- much, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, very smart, fun film. Cool. Uh, I don't think it's, some of these websites are calling it the most fun and best movie of 2018. I think that's highly exaggerated. It's a lot of fun, but um, it's definitely worth watching, and I think it's something that I would revisit several times with groups of people just to see uh, the reaction when things when when there's more twists to the story, it keeps twisting, and it's like it's sort of uh, you have to keep up with it, or you're going to be lost on what's really happening, what's not happening. So, so we'll probably be on our next year's list. Got it. <laughs> yeah, because it still doesn't even have a, U- a U.S. distributor. Right. Uh, it comes out in the U.K. in this month, I guess, in, G- in January, and somehow somebody uploaded a bootleg copy of it to Amazon Prime and I sense there's going to be some uh, lawsuits coming because the the makers are like, you know, how the hell did this happen? This is going to deeply affect our box office because, you know, before this, yeah. there was not a copy available online for even, you know, no, no, not even pirated copies anywhere. And now once something's up online, it's, you know, free for all. So, yeah. Yeah, I was bummed because I, you know, I saw you put it on the list, so I'm like, ah, I'll check this one out. And then, yeah, it was already gone. <laughs> Too slow. So, yeah. 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 Cool. Now we're down. Now right. we're done with number tens. Right. So we can move on to n- number nine. I'm gonna go first because I'm gonna be quick and easy because we already talked about it. Um, my my number nine is Mom and Dad. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, again, just so much fun. Just, I just had a blast with it. So, and I'm a bit more forgiving of the ending than you guys are. I get it; it's a bad ending, but I'm a little more forgiving about it than than you guys because it still made me laugh. So, um, let's see, Jason, what's your number nine? My number nine is Halloween. I'm so uh, nice. Andy talked about it in uh, in his. Uh, uh, in the bonus episode uh, for Patreon, and he's right. There's just there's just something special about just knowing it was coming back around again. There was such a wonderful buzz and hype, not just from Tad's hourly updates to us about <laughs> what's going on, about who's, who was in the porta potty for this shot and who was whatever you know. But but uh, man, it was so good to see Michael Myers on the big screen again, and it uh i i i had a rough time with it the first time around and but the second time i went to see it it definitely made it much 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 better uh you know took a lot of the edges off and i ended up liking it a lot 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 and i can't wait well the first time you saw it that was the time that was your quote unquote worst I, movie going experience it was also, ever right it was also super horrible experience so, you think that you think that played into oh it? sure it had to. Yeah, I was pretty irritated. It was bad, but but yeah, second time was fine experience wise. And then you know, like you could actually watch the movie and absorb it and let it be it and catch more things and and f- get a better feel of the whole thing as a whole instead of just watching every little second and you know forgetting the big picture. And um, I yeah, I loved it. Um, I'm so glad it exists. I'm glad it it did well. Um, I'm glad that means we'll get more. Um, having John Carpenter involved, fantastic. Even though it kind of seemed like 
he pre-recorded everything and they just kind of squeezed it into the movie but that's okay it's not are true you, are you saying it, it fell out of place or uh, some of it lo- or rehashy no not re okay because i love the score yeah there's some, I guess really, I there's some really great yeah. moments i mean i've heard a lot of complaints about the score and i, I oh didn't i would get i didn't don't get any of those complaints not complaining. So. no i know that's why i asked you the question but. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it a lot. I did too. It didn't make my top ten. It's barely missed out. Right. Barely missed out. But I loved it a lot too. And like you know, just again, like I've talked to a lot of people that have you know, and people that say that they're really big Halloween fans, and they give me their list of complaints, and I don't get any of it. I really didn't. None of it made any sense to me. I think like. One of the complaints that sticks out in my mind was that, uh, you know, characters set up for no real purpose. And if I were to say that about any of them, <laughs> like maybe maybe the uh, the dad and the son in the truck, because there's like a whole like three or four minute conversation between those <laughs> two. That like why am I why am I watching this when I just know these guys are nothing but Michael Myers fodder, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, you have the same that. thing. Yeah. You had a feeling that like Danny McBride wrote that whole scene because it was just real goofy, you know, eastbound it looked like it could have been on eastbound and down, you know. Oh well I thought the I thought the scene between the uh the little kid and the babysitter was a better example of that than the the truck scene. So, like you know, the, that made the truck scene even more pointless. Considering <laughs> you have this scene with the babysitter and the little kid, that moment I thought was great because it, it it showed a really cool bond between those two characters, and uh, it was funny. The kid was funny, and both those characters yeah. last longer than you know yeah. two minutes of the movie movie running time. So. <clears throat> But other than that, I I love this movie. Yeah, I loved it a lot too. I mean, it just yeah. it feels it just feels great right into a whole you know another really fun, excellent Halloween movie. Yep. Yeah, I thought it was gonna suck. I was like, I was dead set on it was gonna be terrible, <laughs> and I loved it. Awesome. I was in it all the way. I laughed so hard at some of the parts they reenact that scene of. Uh, in the first one where Lori's in the classroom and she looks out and she sees Michael Myers. Yeah. Well, they do this and she looks out and she sees Lori Strode. Yep. I seriously laughed out loud. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. That is fucking perfect. And they do that uh, some other uh, spots throughout the movie where they've, you know, Lori's trade places yep. with Michael. And yep. I thought that was just, you know, to, to, uh, to tip your hat at uh, the first one. and But still... You know, being respectful for it and not copying it in a, in a total way. Um, I it seems like all the guys die in this movie and or are really dumb, which is funny because um, I think it was like kind of like they were saying that this was like for the Me Too uh, movement in a way. So, uh-huh. but uh, they didn't. They weren't like you know completely bumbling, fumbling idiots getting themselves killed. They just all happened to get themselves in a situation that uh, was brutal. Uh, and speaking of brutal, fucking Michael Myers is the most brutal I've ever seen him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as far as I can remember, I mean, I, I, I guess you know, it's been a while since I've seen the Rob Zombie ones, but man, he's just ruthless in this one. And I thought he kind of had to be for somebody like me who who likes the Halloween series, but um, doesn't want the same thing over and over again for this series. And that just they just played 
right into my hands. I I thought it was I I thought it was great. It was great. You do have to up the ante a little bit if you're if you're bringing something back. You know, you gotta turn it up to eleven Spinal Tap style. You know, it was it was. I liked it a lot. The the one the one gripe that I had it was just like when the girl's father dies, he goes out there with the revolver and Michael kills him. I mean, like they have like, and of course you know they're still very scared because you know they think they're going to get killed by Michael, but they just didn't have they didn't even seem to have like a reaction to like any of this. Oh, my husband's dead, my father's dead, and nobody's like really. You know, they know he's out, they know he's out there like he's dead on the ground. They're, but they're not even like, eh, all right. Whatever, <laughs> you know. I'm just like, you know, that's your father, dude. What the hell? But uh, I, like I said, I I love the movie. I I thought it was great, but I'm kind of biased. It's Michael Myers. Come on. <laughs> it's interesting. The biggest Halloween fan I think on this show is has not said a said word a yet. yet. Well, you know, I was going to wait my turn because it's clearly on my list, but... Uh, well, you can wait. You, you know. can hold it for that if you want to. That's fine. Okay. 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 On my list as well. I just wanted yeah, to make sure <laughs> you had your turn. I assumed it was on your list, but I just wanted to make sure you had your turn to talk about it. So, if it's coming up, then you know, we'll save it. Okay. Awesome. Um, Dustin, what's your number nine? Well... Okay. All right. So just hear me out. This is my number nine. And this is where things might get a little sticky. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I love this series. Uh, I love it with all of my heart. Uh, I thought it, um, it it came back to a little bit more of its form uh, in this latest version. <laughs> but oh, no. I loved <laughs> Tremors, A Cold Day in Hell. I thought the one before it was terrible. Oh yeah, this it was. one, Tremors, a cold day in hell. They brought back a, a practical um, graboid, which oh, nice. I'm totally down for. Oh, um, they, uh, it was gross and slimy, and uh, it just, it just felt more like a Tremors movie than the last one did. I felt like they, okay. it was lots more focus on the graboids in in this one. Um, there was uh, little senses of danger. Everybody's, you know, still idiotic and dumb. But like Bert, like I Bert. said, I said it before. I'll say it yeah. again. You put Bert in a Tremors movie, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. And the only reason this made my list is because it was better than the last, the last one that came out before. And I felt like they they they, they took some. They scaled back Jamie Kennedy a little bit because he was too overbearing in the last one. Um, so he's not as outlandish and silly as he, he still ha- are, is those things, but he's not as much in this one. And Bert is just, just right on, you know, he's got that character so dialed in that if you ever, if I ever saw Michael <laughs> Gross, I would, it'd be hard not to call him Bert. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I just love this movie and I, I think it, Looking at the list, I think I would have been the only one. That you are, it. you are, <laughs> you are the only one that watched it. And it's because of the last one that I stayed away. I wished I'd have known. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Because yeah, I watched that that previous one. I'm like, no, I guess I'm done with Tremors. <laughs> Especially if, if if Netflix is the ones that keep making them, I'm done. So because part of they, the problem, right, with that la- with that last one was that you know like somebody else is do- has the rights to do these ones on Netflix, and it's not the original creators of the of the first four films, so um, right. So, and you can really feel it when you watch that previous one. So, 
and it, and it it did it did get better in this one. I promise. I you might you still might not like it, but it did get better. Uh, I had a lot more fun with it, and then maybe that's just what you have to do with this one. Is just uh, just kind of just let it flow, you know. Just watch the movie and let it flow, and I I think you will enjoy it a lot uh, more than the last one. See, and, and and I'm with you, man. It's like uh, my big thing for these movies is Bert. Yeah. You know, half the, I don't half the time I don't even care about the graboids. I just want to see Bert's antics, and I I want there to be a, a time when Tremors, Phantasm, and Evil Dead share the same cinematic universe so we can have a Bert, Ash, and Reggie team up. It's the bumbling idiot <laughs> super squad. That would be outlandish. Well, since n- nobody saw this movie except for me, did anybody happen to see the uh, pilot trailer for the yes. TV series? That like, looked awesome. It looked great. I mean, Kevin Bacon's in it. It, it, it looked awesome they're ignoring everything else just like hollywood is now anyway ignoring elvis sequels um i feel like they need somebody needs to buy that and just release that first episode because how does that not get made like what happens what's happening in the background that doesn't get made yep exactly and then yet we're getting these like quickie netflix sequels yeah Yeah. it's weird weird. That's, that's my number nine Sweet. I don't think there's enough shotgun shells in the world to like combine those two universes. All those universes. <laughs> that's, that's 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 like way too much shotgun there. I just but imagine if that happens, and we shotgun. got the we got the the Tremors versus Evil Dead <laughs> versus Tall Man movie. That the third act it would just be you know the deadites the the graboids and tall man just sitting back and watching the three heroes in the movie finding each other because their egos are all too big battle battle of the one-liners yes exactly <laughs> okay tad i won't forget you this time what's your number nine well, I'm going to go with another uh, unsuspected sequel with Leprechaun Returns. No, you um, shut <laughs> my number nine might actually be more divisive since uh, we talked about it earlier a little bit. But my number nine is Cam. Ooh, I, we get okay. to talk about it. Yeah, I uh, I thought you know it similar in the style of you know online presence as Unfriended, but it just was well made. It was a tight little package. It just I, it yes, was she such, was. yeah. It was just a quick uh, and just I don't know fun watch. Something about it. I I, I have a hard time even explaining why I liked it so much. Um, it just was creepy. The idea that someone can take the identity, and then it went a step further where you know she the videos were not old videos of her they were new videos and she couldn't figure out how and like the dread of not being able to sort of get your own life back was terrifying felt real yeah yeah and it just kept getting deeper and darker and i the dread kept building and i really enjoyed that all right well everyone else can gush before i put in my two cents (laughs) (laughs) i agree it was great no one else. No, I I, I I liked it a lot. Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought, um, like I said, that whole the the identity theft thing is real, and that's uh, just a scary thought. Just to think about that, 
Um, I mean, it's. I, I guess I was I was expecting a much different ending. It just seems like today, <clears throat> with with horror movies, it, they're just always bleak and um, you know like well we're not getting out of this one. But uh, it's I feel like there's some uh, oh redemption here at the end of this one and uh, like reinvention or you might say. So I thought it was good. Uh, it was in my top twenty for sure. Mm. Mike, are you just overreacting? Maybe I am. I don't know. Here's what I have to say. (laughs) I was so invested in this movie. I I thought it was well made. I loved the look of everything. Like, um, and, you know, not being pervy or anything, but I got really invested in what she was doing. Um, In the fact of, like, just that whole, like, her ambition to climb the ranks in in these videos and what links she's going to. You to, were excited when she got into the top fifty. I did. I got really excited <laughs> when she got in the top fifty. You know, I was really into it. I mean, I could have, I could have just watched a movie of that. You know, and I watched the trailer ahead of time, so I knew what was you know what was going to come as far as the horror element of it. And then I was invested in that as well. I was really into like how is this going to play out and how. You know, maybe I should have taken Dustin's stance on it and just watched it for what it is as far as, like, a metaphor for identity theft. Um, But you give me a supernatural element in a movie and don't tell me anything about it and then have no, no real conclusion to this film... I mean, yes, she gets out of the situation just fine. But I'm watching this one character for an hour and a half, and in in most traditional storytelling, your character has an arc. And you think she's going through this arc, and then what's she do? At the end of the movie, she just goes right back and does the exact same thing she was already doing. She just goes back to making those videos. She didn't learn a goddamn thing from this experience. Other than the fact that maybe she's got a little bit of a better relationship with her mom. Because her mom creepily now helps her. You know, whatever. You know, but like, what about her brother? There's no there's no resolution between that relationship. You know, and like, and to like not give me any of the rules of the supernatural thing. Not give me any, um... <clears throat> I just I just felt like at the end of it the movie felt pointless to me. Well, this is too bad because I was really really into it up to up to that up to that point. So I think you were bummed out that they explained the rules in one guy's like offhanded comment, right? One guy's offhand comment that how would he, one how would he know, and two he's too sweaty to be able to know. <laughs> and three, and three, we don't trust him anyway. He's a character we don't even trust. So how would he? How does he fucking know? And how are we to believe? And it's it's like, well, I think it's this. Okay, so that makes it that. <laughs> At which he still doesn't even really say anything. What I just said was more of an explanation to what it was and what he said. I don't know. So the what was happening was more important. What? Than what actually was happening? It's the why? I mean, I just like you give me. A, I just feel like it's lazy writing if you set up 
you set up a crazy concept like this with a supernatural element to it and not give me any explanation behind it, to me, it just feels like lazy writing to me. Everything else was written really well. Like, again, I was I was really into everything. But I'm like, okay, here's this awesome, crazy concept of now there's a doppelganger doing her videos and whatnot. How is this possible? I can't wait to see how this unfolds. It doesn't. It doesn't. Come on, Tad, fight. I want to I want to hear fighting. And you oh, here's here's <laughs> now <laughs> I I get it. Like I he's not necessarily wrong in his view, but um it just doesn't bother me as much, you know. It's everything leading up to maybe that supernatural part was was good enough for me that, you know, it doesn't necessarily disappoint me. It just uh I get what he's saying. It just it doesn't have the same effect on me, I guess. Cool. Just like mom and dad, like I really enjoyed that too, and the non-ending did not really bother me at all. I'm like, you know, I got what I wanted out of it. So, and I guess I should also preface so that I didn't hate this movie. Like, if if I were to do a bottom five, it wouldn't it wouldn't come anywhere close to the bottom five. I don't hate this movie, and I'm coming off really. I think I'm coming <laughs> off way harsher because I'm just worked up, but. uh I didn't hate it. There's a lot of stuff I really loved about it, and and I'm never I, I try never to be that guy to be like an ending will ruin a movie for me. Um, I don't want to be that guy, um, but just I guess and and to have my own expectations on this film when other stuff is solid is is unfair I guess too. But I'm gonna say this is gonna be real controversial. I also watched Truth or Dare, and I ended up liking it better than Cam because of those exact same arguments. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. You mean the movie where all their faces turn into like Jim Carrey for a second and like, break yeah, the because I love Jim Carrey. Oh, <laughs> okay. whatever. <laughs> no, like... because like because like this demon was defined, the rules were defined. It may have been a little expositiony, but I thought they did a unique. Or I thought they did something different than just sitting there and and giving us complete info dump. They tried to do something a little different with the nun with her tongue cut out. Um, but all the rules, all the rules were there on the table, and this is how you really stop this thing. This is where it comes from. This is how it's doing its thing. This is and and they don't deviate from those rules. Which Sometimes is why I don't like everything spelled out for me. <laughs> well, I mean, this is why you know there's problems with movies like Bye Bye Man and Slender Man. It's kind of the same thing. Like those, like those two movies in particular are just like. Well, we just want to do some crazy effed up shit, um, but we're too lazy to write how this could be happening. So we don't designate any rules, and then that's but that's why those movies don't work. They they kind of come off as just like lame, dumb, and boring because there's nothing to hold on to. Except for the YouTube generation, they just want the clip of the cool thing, and then on to the. That's next not thing. necessarily true because the YouTube generation. Didn't go see Slender Man either. The YouTube generation <laughs> that um, made Slender Man such an icon um, didn't go see that movie either. So, yeah. <clears throat> Dang, anyway. I wanted blood. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted, this I wanted like you Mike. To... This is, this is the real Mike. This is like a Cam Mike right now we're talking to. Oh, that's Usually Mike, Mike doesn't want everything explained to him. He, the more he knows, the, the, the less he likes true. it, right? That's the Mike I know. That's right? true. I've said that shit a lot, and I still agree with that. <laughs> Except when I don't. I still agree with that. I don't need to see. Yeah, know. and I heard you literally say, uh, the character 
didn't go anywhere at the end of this movie. Went right back to the same. Nothing happened. But then the <laughs> last learn. movie, <laughs> okay, the 90s but, world, you said nothing happened to this character, but I loved it. So, <laughs> but, I just, <laughs> but it, in, but if Cam needs Who to tell me, Mike? Cam needs to tell me what the rules are, so that I can have something to hold on to. But I don't need to know, you know, what 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 high school it went to. That's the shit I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't need it humanized. I just, just need. Saying. I just need to have something to hold on to to be able to be like to follow what's going on. We're just gonna keep an eye on you the rest of the show. That's all I know. That's right. we'll bust out the mirrors and maybe you have to bust your face against your desk a couple times, but you'll be okay. <laughs> just just remember, guys. He said he liked Truth or Dare more than Cam. Just remember that. I'll never forget that. I really really enjoyed the movie. He did. He came home one day and he's like, dude, I got to tell you something. And I'm embarrassed. But I'm going to say it. I still kind of am. I'm probably kind of blushing right now, the fact that I like to treat their dare. Um, It's a little weird that it's your number one, but I mean... (laughs) (laughs) It just, I don't know. uh, I just found it a lot of fun. Um... (laughs) And and with Truth or Dare, you get more. I feel like you get more of a character arc with that movie than you did in Cam Two, because and it and it what, what's what I found was interesting with Truth or Dare is that it does the opposite of what most character development in a film does, where like you get to a better place. It, yeah, your character grows as a person through the experience. I feel like in Truth or Dare, the character devolves. Through through the experience, nice word. Because like at the beginning of the movie, she's all about um, what's better. You know, she'll put herself, her needs, her needs aside for the betterment of others. She will always, you know, she's um, all about the environment and and taking care of people and doing things for others. And by the end of the movie, she basically sacrifices the world to save her to save her own ass. So, huh? Yeah. Number one. Who knew? It's not my number one. <laughs> it's not even in my top ten. <laughs> I think Mike played a game of truth or dare, and they dared him to say he liked the movie. I think so. I could be it. <laughs> that could be right. That sounds about right. His face is stretchy I, like Jim Carrey's. That's right. I don't know. And I don't remember last night, so maybe that is what happened. Oh, uh, gosh. Okay, so where are we? Number nine still? Andy, what's your number yep. nine? Well, um... I the next one is it's part of a series that I really liked and I think Dustin might be able to sympathize with me on this one because I think me and him were the only ones to see it <coughs> and it is Hellraiser Judgment. Oh my goodness. Oh I thought I was embarrassed by saying I like truth or dare. Let's hear this. <laughs> We're going to get a lot of hate tweets, aren't we? <laughs> now, 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 just now, just hold on. Now, the reason why that it's that it's on here, just hear me out. Um, I think, although in recent times, obviously this series has fallen on its ass. Okay, and the reason why it's on here is because you know I have you know it's you know I you know you have like a little bit of a love hate relationship with it, but. I think that it, it kind of went back to like it's almost like it's gross out factor. Have have you guys? Um, is Dustin and I like really the only ones that have seen this? Have you guys even heard about this? I, I've heard of I've heard of it, but I didn't I see the it. Trailer. <laughs> I saw the cover. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's 
it has it has a way of uh, basically it's the premise is it's like these people are lured to this house and they basically they wake up in there and basically this guy starts writing down their sins you know in their their blood essentially and uh, and they basically they all look like cinnabites they all just you know they still have that very you know sadomastic kistic you know bloody look and uh basically this guy's an auditor of sins and he writes it down and then this guy will start eating this paper that's got you know the blood you know and then he like regurgitates it and then that basically your your sins are audited and then you're 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 meeting and meeting judgment and i just thought the premise of the film was 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 cool and that's why you know Normally, it probably wouldn't even made it on my top ten, but that's why. But I just I like the Hellraiser series one through three, but I feel <laughs> like, uh, but I feel like this one is probably going to be the closest to that first uh, to the first three. The other ones, you know, some people enjoyed Bloodline and, and stuff, but uh, that that be uh, me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like. Like I said, you know, some people like the the other installments, but like you know, Hellseeker and all this other shit. Ugh. Yeah, um, gross. But this one, I feel like, is the closest that could come to the original trilogy, and that's why I put it on there. I, I like it's starting slowly. If they keep making them, you know, and who knows, they probably will. I feel like if they keep making them, and if they keep getting closer to this standard, they'll 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 get better. Yeah. Quick question. I guess I'm, I, I guess I'm being nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is Pinhead in this? <laughs> he yes. is, but it's but it's not Doug Bradley. <clears throat> okay. But it but it's not like the it's not like the real you know chubby one that you see. A different guy's playing. You know? <laughs> sure. I don't, sure. I, it's it's yeah. It's not uh, Raider Institute uh, uh, Pinhead. <laughs> it's, it's this guy actually has like a, a little bit more. He's a little more slender. Yeah. But. But yeah, all, all in all, I I, I enjoyed it. Um, like I said, it's it's it doesn't hold a candle to you know the first three. But also, guys, keep in mind I've only seen nineteen of these goddamn things from the list. <laughs> I only have so many. Exactly. So uh, I, this is what I was working with, and that's the one I chose. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'd hate to I'd hate to see what you think of the nine movies that didn't make. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> now this this Hellraiser felt like. Um, like a lateral move, like like they've they, it, it the the Cinnabons have always worked, like <laughs> in their series, like they've and and they've they've got those down in all their movies, like that I'm that's not the that. part that I have trouble with when I watch a Hellraiser movie, it's it's their story that they intertwine with with them. It's the, yeah. the de- like the detectives and the brothers in this movie. That's what I had trouble with. The I've never had trouble with Pinhead or Chatterbox or the the um, sure. like in this one really grossed me out. The assessor who would eat the yeah. paper that they printed the blood on. I was like, oh, this is disgusting. He's like, he's like yeah. watering them down with like children's tears. It was gross. That stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. That stuff has always worked in these movies, and that's the stuff they always do the best. But it's the intertwining of the story that they that they that they try to get in with the Cenobites and it's not like um it, it's not like they have to try very hard with that but it, I feel like they're 
over trying, I guess. Yeah. Like they're just they're missing the mark with it, and it's never any it's never any good. And it, this feels like two different movies in one. And uh, the ending, I how how can they make another one? But <laughs> I, I feel like they ended it this way. If I remember right, like I think Clive Barker now has regained the rights to the series. Oh, really? Um, cool. And this was Dimension's last like ditch effort. I think they filmed this movie like in like a month or something. It could, I could be wrong about that. Um, so they they rushed Keep this it. one like crazy so they could get it out, get their money, and Before then they they for, yeah. forfeit the rights. Yeah. So from what I understand, Clive Barker's got him back. I could be wrong about that too, but that's the last thing I read. Um, about that whole thing. So th- this could, like I said, this was a lateral move. I got a feeling they're going to be going back up with the next one. Like it only, we can only hope they can return to that form of glory. Yeah, I, I agree. And interesting side note. I mean, she didn't really do much in this movie, but Heather Langenkamp played yeah. like a, like a bitchy landlord, awesome. which, you know, it was kind of, it was kind of fun to see her too. It was so. cool to see her. I thought maybe she might be in it just a little bit more, but yeah. You know. He is Heather. So. so, so here's the question: Does it have to be Doug Bradley? Oh, this guy did a good I, job. Like, can yeah, can yeah. we as a community move on? Just because he's getting so old, it won't be the same. And if we want it to continue, it can't be him forever. So, I think this out of the guys that have played him, I think this guy's probably the best. I mean, second to second yeah. to Doug. I agree with that too. He looks like him, sounds like him. Yeah, cool. I can move on. <laughs> yeah, you still need to give us a few more years before you um, ask the question about Freddy Krueger. Well, that's why I, I feel like as a community, we all said, "Fuck no." Yeah, mm. it's him. <laughs> Robert's done. We're done. You know. Yeah. But it feels like maybe we could with Pinhead. I don't know. Just curious. This is the part. The problem with Freddy versus any of the others. He's just got far more personality. Yep, and so it it and you know he talks more. I mean, Pinhead talks, but it's like we got such sights to show you. Oh, that was <laughs> good. good you know? Let's get you in some yeah, makeup, all right? Thanks. Maybe I'll play Pinhead. Yeah, you know they've had they've had fat Pinheads before. It'd be fine. Yeah, and you love Cinnabons. I do. Love, I'm totally stealing that dick. <laughs> I'm totally. I'm gonna do a drawing of a of a Cinnabite with a with a um. Cin- uh, Cinnabon head. He is. He wrote with it with a bunch of pins in it. <laughs> Cinnabon with a, a bunch fork. of pins in it. With a bunch of forks in it. <clears throat> All right. So now we're your- trucking. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry. Your frosting will be will be legendary. Even <laughs> <laughs> in hell. Yes. Yes. Have oh. such spices to show you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so everybody got their nines in, right? Yep. Okay, moving on to number eight. We'll jump back to Tad. Um, I have another Netflix one, The Ritual. I really enjoyed this one. Sweet. Awesome. That almost made my list. Yeah, I. it sort of stayed off my list for a while, and I just couldn't deny it because, I don't know, something about it, it wasn't necessarily a whole new experience by any means um there's other movies like a lot of the indie stuff i saw did stuff differently but it just did it so well and i think it sort of did what i wanted the newer blair witch to do it and it had some genuinely scary moments in it that new monster is so good yeah Uh, that monster's awesome love love the creature design um 
the whole movie just sort of kept me on the edge of my seat, and that enough that was enough for me. I really enjoyed this one. Agreed. What movie, what movie were you and I talking about earlier? I think it was before we recorded. That like, if they just would have done this one thing, it would have like. Oh gosh. What the what was that we were just talking about? Was it something from this? <laughs> from the share? They just would have like not. Um, oh yeah, we're talking about green room. Oh, this movie's the same thing, right? Because like there oh. at the end, he gets out of he leaves the woods, and the monster can't leave the can't leave the woods to go after him. And I think the and when that moment happened, I'm just like. Oh fuck! If they just would have followed the direction that one guy would have taken, they would have gotten out of there all all of them scot free, man. Right. So if that girl just didn't get her go back for her phone, they were so close to getting out of there. Yeah, and green. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so close. <clears throat> but yeah, the ritual was great. Yeah, um, I, I'm with you. I love that creature design. Um, such a unique, one of the most unique monsters in years. Years and like it's and but it's not overly designed to the point where it takes me out of it, like some sometimes they do. I think the scariest moments are you know when they they go to sleep in that little cabin house thing, and when they wake up, and that's like our first sort of glimpse into how horrible this place is and what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I guess a glimpse of we still we don't know what's going on and that's maybe what's so scary about it when you wake up and you go upstairs and the, the things on the wall and you know they're they all sort of have their had their little trauma <coughs> separately but they're all terrifying and that's when the shit starts hitting the fan you know it's also interesting that you mentioned Blair Witch because I was making some of those comparisons too while watching it and and I've heard other I've listened to other podcasts where they make those comparisons too like like this should be like this could fit into that universe almost. So, yeah, I, I yeah, I don't want to just you know make the comparison because it's you know a creature in the woods and and sort of haunted woods, but uh, you know I, I like the new Blair Witch, but it's very yeah, much too. felt felt like a pretty close remake of the original, and this one I felt like was in that tone without stepping on its toes too much. So I felt yeah. like you know. This could have been, you know, it's it's. It, this was more in that that vein of what I expected out of the new Blair Witch, but yeah, I like that. You know, we have both of them, so it's okay. Yeah, it, it tone wise, yeah, I agree with you. It's it's all in the tone of it, and like uh, what and what we would expect from what we would want from a Blair Witch movie. So, yeah, I remember watching this the the weekend it came out because that's one of the neat, maybe good. I thought you turned that off. I did. Anyway, uh, one of the uh, I saw you do it. Um, uh, one of the you know good or bad things about Netflix is just the hey, it's Friday or Saturday. Boom, there's here's some new movies, and yeah. I remember watching it right away before uh, anyone before I knew that it was even a monster movie. I just knew it was just and 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 I think that's what I loved about this movie is that it. It wasn't necessarily a monster movie until it was. It was just fun and creepy, and it was just awesome to see it go that way. To like within this uh, simplistic movie, to get a monster movie out of it was awesome. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. And then just uh, I know Brian loved it a lot too because it's a monsters. 
It's a monster. A, a giant monster, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Dustin saw it. Oh, he must have hated it. Nah, he's no, been quiet. This, no, this movie's on my list. I'll oh, okay. reserve judgment for later. <laughs> cool. Okay, cool. All right, then. So then uh, we'll just uh, move on. Um, I'll go next. Number My number eight is... Uh, man, damn it. <laughs> what? I was refusing to put this on the list... And you and I discussed it yesterday. My reason for not putting it on the list is because at the end of it, I really didn't feel like it it can be called a horror film. But man, I I could not stop talking. I could not stop thinking about this movie ever since I watched it. I loved it so much. And that's Upgrade. Yeah! Yes! That's on my list. I think we can all agree that that counts. Especially that last ten minutes. That's when I really feel like if, if if I were to single out any moment in this movie that would fall in the world of horror, because that concept at the end I thought was truly Horrific. a terrifying concept. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. <clears throat> what a. Although. Yeah. I just we can't deny the kick acidness of this movie. Oh, it's so fucking good. <laughs> right? I love yeah. this movie so much. As soon as the fucking oh, action kicks in and he pops up off the floor and the oh, camera yeah. moves with it, it's like, <laughs> oh, fuck, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, all those camera moves with the action, oh. it's so freaking awesome. Yes. But but the amazing thing is about is about the acting in it is that like he actually, the look on his face Physical. and the way that his body was moving had to be completely different yeah. because he's just like, In okay, shock. I know I'm, I know I'm doing this, but how the hell am I doing this? That's a really good. Way, yeah. I'm sorry. And just the way that he pulled it off was just, it seemed like it was just really natural. I just, I, I, that's one of the things I really liked about this film. And, but my only gripe, and I, this is just, it's, it's kind of trivial, but I'll mention it anyway. Why would that computer want to latch itself onto a host that will eventually deteriorate? You know, because the human body is only going to be able to go on for so long, and it's only going to be able to keep it alive for so long. He basically attached itself onto a host that's event. He's going to have to find another host. Well, as far as we know, as yeah. far as we know, but they kind of left that open ended. I felt like it uh, healing properties could be something that it could do. I mean, it was controlling him i don't know i don't i don't know i'm just i'm just throwing that out there and yeah, yeah there could be a bigger master plan involved too yeah. for stem that gets, we don't know yeah and, and and you know what i mean like i said it's a small gripe i right. don't need i don't need to know that to really enjoy this movie which i did and it's on my list it's actually higher so <laughs> yeah um yeah and i think uh, i think just because i have been fighting with the idea of whether or not it's a horror movie or not is why it's so why it's why it's why it's all the way down at number eight not higher because i added it to the list by the way so (laughs) (laughs) i loved it there uh, i loved every moment of this movie everything about it you know from the camera work to the action and and you're right on the actor some of my favorite performances from any actor will always have to do more of their physical acting than their actual spoken acting, than their spoken dialogue. And so if you can give me an actor that can do some really cool physical acting like he does in this movie, you know, he has to omit that 
he is not in control of his own body, and he does it. I buy it. I yeah. buy every second of it yeah. when, when Stem Absolutely. kicks in the gear. Um, and some of it's making me laugh, like that first time when it's happening, and he's just like, why'd you hit him? You know, and he's like, and while he's still hitting people, you know. And, and just get back, dude. I was <laughs> laughing my ass off. It was so good. So he slams that plate on his head. He's just like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just gold, man. It's just great. And the and the the bad guys with all their cybernetics, that stuff was cool. The guy with the yeah. guys with the guns in their arms and the, shit. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. It was and some a, of the kill. The kills were really cool too. That oh, I, I thought. Oh in this, yeah, this brutal. They're just top notch. And like, and I can get, I can get really finicky when it comes to like futury high, yep. uh, sci-fi stuff. I, I, I really can, but. This this world I I every loved everything about it. It really worked for me. And then that twist, you know, like right away I'm like, okay, it's definitely it's definitely the guy that made the chip, right? He's the one that did all this. But then when you find out that there was somebody pulling his strings, you're like whoa, fuck, and who that was, and you're like, oh my god, did not see that I one coming. I mean, this is this requires you know a couple viewings to like f- f- re- truly appreciate it. Not that one viewing you don't really like what's going on, but I think it's you need to watch it a couple more times. Yeah, this yeah, is the movie I, Venom wanted to be and uh, couldn't. Because <laughs> <of> the- <laughs> I could see that. Yeah, similar some similar themes, not being in control of his actions and stuff like that. Yeah, cool. Yeah, well, I really yeah. wanted to see this one in theaters, and I think Blumhouse, like last minute, sort of made it more limited because our theater had like the poster up, and it was coming oh, soon. Shit. And then, yeah, opening weekend, I sort of asked one of the you know people working at the theater, and they're like, "Yeah, they sort of last minute took you know took it out of a lot of theaters, so we're probably not getting it." And I think it would have done a lot better had it hit more theaters. Yeah, bad move on their part. Yeah. I've seen so much love for it. I haven't really seen any at all anything negative about it. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I went into it completely blind. Um, you know, we rented it and uh, watched it. I watched it with my friend Blake, and he hadn't seen a trailer or anything. I was like, oh, you should check. Like, we should watch this. You know, I've, I've heard it's, you know, a lot of fun and stuff, and it blew his fucking mind, man. He was like, <laughs> he was like, this is fucking crazy. Like, it just, once it starts, it doesn't stop, which is great, you know? Yeah. The Blu-ray is bare bones. There's nothing Damn. on it. Like, no, it's just the movie. It's out though. The Blu-ray is out. Yeah, I bought yeah. it. <laughs> Man, I'm gonna have to go buy it yeah. after this podcast. Because yeah, uh, it's like I said, um, everyone on my every movie on my list is something I want sitting on my shelf. So sweet. Well, happy to see Lee Winnell get work. Like, oh, yeah. I think he's a great new voice that we have nowadays. Mm-hmm. Seeing him write and direct it, it's pretty awesome. Man, it does my heart good to know that you like the sci-fi movie. I know you're, <laughs> he's so finicky. He's so finicky about sci-fi movies. Sci- it's not that he doesn't like sci-fi movies. He's just so finicky about yeah. it. I am. I really am. And, like, you know, another movie that this makes me think of, and I only th- I think I'm only making a connection because of the fact that uh, um, I liked it so much. Because my hands down my favorite sci-fi slash action movie of all time is RoboCop. 
Hell yes. And this one <laughs> this one can fall into that category for me. So that's how much I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm a total recall guy. <laughs> you would. I could have saw that. Yeah. <laughs> both are Paul Verhoeven. I mean, you can that's right. both. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Give these people air. <laughs> <laughs> yes, more. Okay, so Jason, you're number eight. Well, speaking of uh, sci-fi, I'm. I know you didn't watch this, and I'll be honest. I'm kind of glad, like I don't want you to, because I'm not sure mm-hmm. if you'll like it. Okay. Because of the things I know you don't like about sci-fi movies, but God damn it, it's good. And I've actually thought about this one for a little while. For the, is it horror or not? But I, I don't. I care way less about that than you guys do. But it just, I don't know. It was close to not making it on the list, but at the end of the day, uh, I could not. And then I, uh, I played the score today before we were. Uh, well, we were just oh. hanging out um, beforehand, and I just I heard the music, and I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" I'm, I got kind of chills, goosebumpsy, just hearing the music. Um, Annihilation. I I loved it. Oh, and yeah. I think if Mike would have seen it, we don't have, have enough time on the podcast for him to exactly rant about it. So it's a good thing he didn't see it. I kind of <laughs> agree. That's kind of how I feel. Uh, <laughs> and then there's, but we have Andy instead, so I, uh, I know okay. he didn't all like right. it. Oh, um, all right, we're, we're not supposed to be negative. Okay, I'll just say one thing. <laughs> you can be, you negative. Can be negative. We just uh, like give, uh, we just like give that guy has got to live with that. Being <clears throat> Put it this way. I would rather watch Mortal Kombat Annihilation with the Clockwork Orange gear strapped to my face. Shit. Ooh, gloves are off. Damn. Okay. And then nothing? Nobody? (laughs) I don't know. Drop the Uh, mic and walk away. Put it this way. I I just didn't care about a... I just didn't care about a single one of these people in this movie. They could have all been killed. I... Natalie Portman could have slept with the whole faculty and this wouldn't have saved the movie for me. <laughs> I, I still would have watched it. Totally. Uh, but I just, I, I, you know, just some of the, the, the decisions, they didn't make sense. You know, I mean, her husband is, you know, a highly trained officer and he comes back with organ failure. And this chick, as a biologist, you know, that's supposed to be smart, is not going to go in there with a mask or even wear gloves. And going into a thing that she doesn't, she knows nothing about. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee being all stoic and you know, I have cancer. I'm going to get this done. Yeah, I didn't care about her either. I didn't care about a single person. I mean, it's got it does have a lot of really good things going for it. It it, it it's it is beautiful. It is absolutely gorgeous to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the, the 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 scene in the pool was awesome. I do have nice things to say about this movie, but just like. For me, the the nail in the coffin is when I don't give a shit about the people that are in it. I, I'm done. You could have the prettiest movie in the world. If I don't mm-hmm. care about your characters, I, I'm sorry, guys. I'm, I'm done, man. I I can't. I, I I didn't. I mean, I don't mean to shit on people who who like it, and that's that's the point I'm trying to get get across. I mean, I want I want everybody to like what they want to like, you know. And if 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 you guys truly enjoyed it great but i i just 
I, I couldn't I couldn't get into it, you know. But you know, yeah, <laughs> I can see how some people probably wouldn't like the Nun Railways or Judgment. So, <laughs> yeah, well, that's, the, that's okay. The you, don't, you don't have to like it. That's all right. And I've I've gotten to a better place in life where I'm less uh, personally <laughs> invested in what you think of what I like. Really? But I know it's come a long is fucking way. Is that your New Year's resolution? It might. It's, it's it really is every day one. Every day it's that resolution. But <laughs> agreed. I mean, and uh, to uh, to speak on what you were saying, like um, if you know me, uh, cinematography comes first in most things with films. So fuck yeah, I love this movie. It's fucking gorgeous. And, and the mo- and the Mortal Kombat thing, okay, okay, that's a little hard. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> that is pretty hard. <laughs> and I, I'm, a, but, yeah. I'm a fan of the Alex um, Garland world. Like I said, I like his films, and um, Ex Machina was fucking amazing, and that I that I will agree with. And it's and, a much more superior film. Uh, you know, X, you know, the bear scene is terrifying, and. Ugh. That and is that's the highlight for me. I thought I thought it was too, but then I get to the end and that that scene in the cave with her other that shit fucking nightmares fucking fuel for me. Like, with, I, like the copy yes. thing that's yeah. The, with with that scene with the copy and the music that's going on, um I just I mean it put, it's just it's on an it's next level terrifying to me. I mean, because one, it's alien. It's another worldly thing. There is no reference to what's happening anywhere in anything. So you have there is no, there there's nothing for you to rest on. You're like, I don't know what's going to fucking happen here. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, other what's than, the end game? Right. What could possibly happen in this situation? Other than it doesn't feel like it's going to be very good with the music and with what's happened around what's in this cave, what's in there, you know, this whole movie's been to get to this place and now they're in there and it's just like, what the fuck is happening? And then there's, you know, there's metaphors and, and, and deeper meanings and subtext and all this stuff, which is great. And I love that stuff too. But the scene in that, I mean, the bear stuff's great. Yes. But the scene in this cave with her, her copy Oh my god, I just I can't I can't express how simply scary that was for me because of the unknown of it which which I think is awesome, which I that's why I loved it. Yeah, that ending scene's uh, I I'm, I'm with you there for sure. I like the movie. Uh, that ending scene, I, I don't know if I was scared of more of I was just it was just like off-putting. Like it was oh, like Oh yeah. It was so bizarre. It was, it was like a, a Sia music video or something. Uh-huh. It was uh-huh. it was really weird. Like it was very <coughs> yeah, it was, acrobatic. It was dancey. Like a ballerina. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and for sure. I think that's what made I think that's what made that part so good. Mm-hmm. And then I, th- I love the ending of it all being like the mind fuckery of it, you know, of like what what? What happened? <laughs> And so I, I I enjoy that for the post film uh, reflection and conversation and deeper meanings of all of it and that part's fun for discussion always and yep big fan I don't but again I don't know if I want you to watch it Mikey I'm sorry <laughs> okay 
I mean, I do. That kind of makes me I, want to watch it. I know, it. I want you to, but... Just because you don't want I'm me to so watch I'm so scared it. about it. <laughs> Jump on the grenade mic and help me out here, will you? <laughs> <laughs> sure thing. Okay, um, number eight from Dustin. Uh, my number eight, I... I um, I follow Umbrella Entertainment on my Facebook. I don't know if you, yep. any of you guys do. Um, yep. Just because I I ended up getting that Silver Bullet Blu-ray. But I start, I just kept following them because they posted up pretty cool stuff of Blu-ray releases and movies that were coming out. And they posted, uh, they posted one up. So a pic- That's okay. Um, <laughs> they posted a picture of Cargo, which is my number eight. And I remember looking at the picture of um, – I can't remember his name um, – Martin Freeman? Martin Freeman. Is that it? Yep. Uh, the main actor in Cargo. And he's got like a little kid like on his back and like a little kid beside him. And I'm like, oh my God, this movie's going to be depressing. Uh-huh. And I learned that it was like a like a, a zombie apocalypse type movie. So I'm always sold on that. Um, but I thought this movie was excellent. I thought they did some, some things in an infection movie, which is what I'd probably call this uh-huh. uh, more than a zombie apocalypse movie. Um, uh, and uh, call it infection movie. They did some things that were a little bit different that I I really liked. Um, I it didn't start out with a breakout, which is fine by me. Like I said, that's one of my favorite things. But this uh, starts out with like the family, like on a boat, and you're kind of wondering, has it happened yet? Are things bad yet? Or, or are things getting bad? And that the first sequence of the movie is them strolling down the river on like this uh, party houseboat type thing. And they see a family like celebrating on the on the side, like a birthday party. It looks like your normal birthday party. Mm-hmm. And as they're floating around, uh, uh, the, they they kind of make contact with them on the on the shore. And the father of that birthday party just comes up and just like lifts up his shirt, or I think, or he pulls out a gun. And then you know right away things are not normal. Things are not right. <laughs> and like that was instantly sold on on the movie from there on out. Uh, but it's basically about uh the main character just trying to get his baby to someone who can take care of it because he's been bit he's been infected and one thing really cool in this movie is that um you could tell time has passed and you could tell that the infection has taken hold on a lot of the population and in those types of movies they're always talking about the the cure um but this movie uh, doesn't seem like there is a cure available. But what they do have is this kind of like this infection kit, which I thought was oh, yeah. really cool because it contained things like a watch that let you know how much time you had. Um, it had like a temple poker that's going to like instantly kill you, to, you know, so you can take care of yourself um, when when the time comes. Um, it had like all these preventative measures. It's like. Basically saying, you're going to die, but here's what you need to do to make sure that it doesn't spread. I thought that was awesome yeah. to like actually design these kits um, that were for... Government, regular, yeah. Yeah, like making sure it didn't spread. And um, so that's kind of how, you know, with that, um, you know, it's, it's such a simple thing in the movie, but it's such a huge thing because it helps them determine vaguely how much time he has um and so he's always got this watch he's always looking at it time is of the essence to get his child um to uh safety 
And, uh, you know, there's at one point where he thinks he has his child in safety and he's getting ready to take himself out. But no, that situation is worse than when he's already in. He befriends a, a kid, um, a local, I want to say it's like Aborigine child. I could be wrong. Um, that are just kind of um, taking back the landscape of Australia and killing the or burning the infected and you know sweeping and they just kind of went back to their <clears throat> old original ways befriends a, a child that's i guess would be part of a tribe and and together they go uh, searching to get back home and or just find somebody to help take care of his his baby which uh is it's heartbreaking it's i knew it was going to be but it was so good and I, it would have been higher up on my list, I think, uh, from number eight. But I, there were some, <clears throat> I think, pacing issues I had some trouble with. Um, mm-hmm. But man, I just I thought this movie was really, really good. Yeah, because it starts out, you don't know that it's not a normal zombie outbreak movie. So when the wife dies, it's fucking heartbreaking. Yeah. But then you're like, oh, fuck. Like, in, like the main character, the dad, gets bit and you're like this is different right than any right. other movie like uh the guy he's who's got to keep yeah our hero is bit in the beginning of the movie and he's got a little baby and i know this would be hard for mike to watch or any dad but it's it's hard to watch for that i mean alone Most definitely but yeah that's I, I, that's what i liked i thought was cool about the movie it was so different it had a nice different uh take on it all and the way and the, and the storytelling of a zombie ish film and um yeah stir up shit creek pretty quick oh in the movie. yeah and i forgot about the wife part yeah like you oh. know because they they find a boat and he goes and does this nice thing and brings them back stuff from the boat and it's kind of like a celebratory thing and she's she, she feels like oh, i gotta repay him i'll go to the boat and the boat wasn't clear and so she comes back, and she's obviously bit, and she's busted out the kit, and you're just like, and, and the way they handle it emotionally um, is is like, well, you're bit, so you got to use this kit. You're putting on the watch. Like, I mean, they don't wrestle with the fact that she's going to die. Like, she's yeah. g- going to, she's infected. She's going to die. They, it's the fact that they need to be on land, and they need to get somewhere that is safe, um, and they need to get somewhere safe for their for their baby. And like the infection is is gruesome. It 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 takes over your eyes with like this goop, and I mean it's just not Ugh. your normal like yeah. zombie yeah. thing. And it, the zombies are sticking their head in the sand, and it's just yeah. it's so bizarre. It's, <laughs> it's it's like an ostrich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> I just thought it was uh, for the things that they did. Um, they uh, they did them very well. Yeah, it's cool. super cool. All right. Awesome. Andy, what's your number eight? Um, We touched on this before on the uh, bonus episode. Uh, My number eight is actually to Helen Back, the Kane Hodder story. Awesome. Sweet. I I really, really... uh, I I respected this guy before I even saw this. And I I love the fact, you know, I, I respect this guy so much more even now after oh hell yeah you know dealing with his accident and Mm -hmm. how the history of when he was when he was being bullied you know and just a little side story 
I was able to watch a uncut 35 millimeter version of Hatchet 2 when I was at a film festival, and him and Adam Green were doing a Q and A Q and A afterward. Awesome. And and yeah, it was it was it was a great time. And he actually brought up, you know, his his bullying story when he was there. So I knew about this going going in, and just to see like uh, this six foot three you know monster that you, you that you know as you know as a kid i was like i didn't think this guy could even be touched you know he got choked up in front of that crowd yeah. you know he fought back tears you know and this is this happened when he was you know i, I think maybe in junior high you know and it's just like this is the effects of this kind of bullshit that that it does to this is a grown man you know and just you know uh, I just have so much more respect for this guy, you know, and it's just how, you know, this is coming from a guy who just bullied the living shit out of Annihilation, you know, minutes earlier. <laughs> but uh, I just, um, yeah, I just think it, it brought it, you know, a lot of things into, you know, perspective to me. I mean, I think all of, all of us have been bullied at some point, you know, but just the effect that it had on this guy is just like, it, it made for a hell of a story and uh, yeah, I yeah. I really enjoyed it, and I'm I'm partial to documentaries, kind of like kind kind of like the way Mike is, so that's why that's there. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. We like we mentioned in the bonus episode, there was a good number of really solid docs that relate to horror films. I just didn't include any of them on my list, just because you know, well, one, they would dominate the list, and because I love documentaries about film. But and then two, like I was really just you know trying to set some boundaries as far as like you know actual horror films and stuff goes. But uh, but this one, yeah, this is an amazing doc. Yeah, I didn't know what to expect going into it, and I was just amazed. And same thing, like such a huge respect for that man, um, more than ever before. So yeah, and. He goes. He goes back, and he and he talks to burn victims, and he helps children, and it's just like, yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, it's something else, man. You you really you really grow to like the guy even more after seeing that. So, yeah, I'm glad I watched it. It really brought me back around on Kane. We had a little falling out. I mean, I grew up. <laughs> I grew up, uh, like you said, respecting him, loving him. And then, uh, you know, then he uh, choked me and almost popped my head off. And we had a falling out, and we weren't friends anymore yeah, after yeah, that he, for a he long damn time. Near killed, yeah, he damn near killed me that weekend, too. Oh, but, no shit, uh, man. I fucking, I was pissed. I was like, it uh, ruined my weekend. It hurt my ne- bad. It was, anyway. But this movie yeah, brought me back around. We're friends again. It's all cool. <laughs> but uh, I do have a bone to pick with him about Death House. No shit. There's a lot. There's a lot of people in that movie that I want to pick bones with, with uh, because of that movie. Yeah, he might be back on the downside after that movie. <laughs> okay, so number seven time. Uh, let's start with Jason on number seven. Out of nowhere, freaking awesome! I know it's on some people's list just because it's comedy, but. You might be the killer. Yes. How fucking great is this movie? I freaking love it, man. Yeah. Number seven on mine. It I might be on my list too. No, I have. I know it is. I just know it is. <laughs> yep. Super good. 
just a kind of a starts in the middle of a movie and uh this guy's just like covered in blood and he's freaking out and he's like uh shit's going down at this camp and he calls his friend allison hannigan and she's like a horror nerd and he's kind of getting her to try and help him get out of this situation and she's kind of points out that shit maybe he's the killer yeah and man it's just so fun meta e smart very meta very and meta, very funny great performances and um it really keeps it going like uh it doesn't ever get stale um it's it's fantastic i loved it what'd you guys think i i love this movie a lot too it's definitely on my list um it's much higher on my list. Uh-huh. <laughs> Obviously. Um, but yeah, I love the whole meta aspect of it. I love how it's, it's you know, it's a, you know, but really, really feel like it, uh, more than any of the other slasher films, it really hones in on the Friday 13th films more than anything else. Because uh, yeah. it's camp counselors at a camp getting killed off one by one. Yep. There's a mask. Yes. You know, yeah. Um, you know, and very poking at it. I kind of wish I watched it again before recording this episode because I'm forgetting some stuff. But I could have sworn I picked up on. I could have sworn there was actual like nods to particular Friday Thirteenth films in the movie, but I can't remember any of it right now. But uh, yeah, and it's it's super funny because like our killer <laughs> is our actual main protagonist, and and. Uh, I love, and then, like, any time they show one of the kills, there's, like, a camp count, a dead counselor count that it pops up on screen throughout the movie, which could get a little monotonous after a while, but then they kind of rectify it with, like, you know, one they camp counselor ends up not being dead, so they go back and, and change you the score it, of that, and and then, and then when she does finally die, they change it back, and it's pretty, even that stuff's pretty funny, and... Uh, anybody from How I Met Your Mother is awesome, Just, so it was cool to see Alice and Hannigan in this movie. Yeah, in a horror movie. That's in awesome. a horror movie, of all things. Although I feel like they recorded her in a day or two, because oh, yeah. she's so separate from the rest of the right. movie. Yeah. She's working at some really kick-ass store that I would love to go shopping at. Yes. Um, and she's just over the phone through the whole movie. Um, and it's great because she's the quote unquote horror expert. So they're talking about all the different horror movie tropes and, you know, how, you know, did this happen? Did this happen? And, you know, and so it's super meta, but it's, and it's a lot, a lot of fun. Yeah. Anyone else? I thought this one was a lot of fun. Um, I didn't, didn't make my list or honorable mentions, but I had a lot of fun with it. I think, uh, Overall, the production wasn't my favorite, I think. Uh, it definitely felt direct-to-video, but I love the concept, and I think the... I mean, it really relies on, you know, two performances, yeah. and I thought they yeah. were both very good, so... And that the guy, isn't that... Because um, that didn't dawn on me until I heard it mentioned on another podcast, but he's the... Uh, the isn't he the stoner guy from Cabin in the Woods? Yeah. Our main character. Oh. Yeah. Cool. So, Dustin, what's your number seven? It's me already? Oh, okay. Um, I'm just jumping around. <laughs> uh, I liked uh, 
The Dark. I thought The Dark was badass. Yeah! yeah. Did you end up watching um, it, Jason? I did. Because Jason and I was talking about I saw it before him, and, and, and yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, Dustin. Go ahead. This is your No, it's, it's okay. Let's, let's talk about it. Let's rap about it. Let's, uh... Um, I thought it was cool. It, the basic premise is about this area in the forest called Devil's Bend where there's a so-called monster living. Um, it's so hard to explain because there's there's so many things happening at once um, because there, it's, it's like two different stories coming together. You have this, um, I guess, serial kidnapper uh, – killer guy that has this kid with him. I don't know why they're trying to get to Devil's Bend, but I think just trying to get to a, a remote area to where they won't be bothered. Yeah, uh, He has this boy who's brainwashed, but the monster that lives in Devil's Bend just happens to be a completely aware zombie, I'm guessing. Well, yeah, and that's what sold me on this movie is I read the description first. I believe the description said something like, um, un- undead girl in the woods who stalks and kills people in the woods, um, befriends a small child who's also lost in the woods or something like that. And I'm like, who's interesting. Blind. Yeah, oh, yeah, and, and blind, yeah. And it looks like this poor boy who's been brainwashed by this uh, kidnapper guy, his eyes have looked like they've been burnt shut somehow or yeah, it looks, and, yeah. yeah, it looks terrible. Uh, but he can't see the the undead girl and she obviously realizes that and she's brutal she has to she has to eat humans to survive uh they establish that pretty quickly um and and while while you see their relationship come together you at the same time you get flashbacks to what happened to her Mm -hmm. uh, why she is the way she is and i thought that was so flipping crazy um you know what happened to her um, do we really want to get into spoilers? We're getting up there. Um, yeah, she, yeah, she's more she's she's more nimble, like a vampire or demon. Yeah, she's not like slow moving or anything, and she could talk too. So yes, like, but she's so at first dead. you're kind of questioning what is she exactly because she looks full on zombie. Like the skin tone is yeah. a gray hue. You Fingers, know, you know, she's got like falling apart. Yeah, like rotted skin on her face. Clearly and dead. What's that? <laughs> Clearly dead. Yeah. However, whatever we don't know necessarily. But, but. but she, yeah, she's climbing trees, throwing axes and faces, and Talking. she can talk and like has full, full motor control of her, you know, and full senses and everything. So, not your typical zombie by any means. So, if she is a zombie, but she's not. <laughs> <laughs> she was obviously buried in some kind of. She ends up obviously being killed but she's buried in something that's like who knows we really don't get to find cemetery type of thing exactly some cursed woods yeah she comes back and uh the the boy is so brainwashed he's so uh sad stuff scared of yosef the guy who brings him there um that he doesn't want to leave he 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 uh, he keeps rambling on about you know call this number if anything happens to Yosef and I thought that was the saddest part mm. was that you know the the number to the number that he says to call is his his parents or his mom so to like so I, I'm not sure what Yosef's 
motives were, I think, was maybe just to get as far as he could with, with the boy as he, as he could. Um, but the more time that the zombie spends with the boy, she starts to become more human, which I thought was really cool. Um, yeah, I really like yes. that aspect of it, too. That's just cool. Her subtle Getting. transformation back to normal, yeah. And I don't know if that's because of the boy and the friendship or if it's because they're slowly getting away from the house or Devil's Bend. Um, you know, I'm not sure what has the yeah. hold on her. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's the burial place because that's, I think, when I first started, started to notice that her makeup was changing. And I'm like, wait a second. She was a little bit more gruesome when they first met. Mm-hmm. And then she goes outside and she puts a lighter over her hand and she notices that it burns her hand. So... Um, I just thought it was really cool. Uh, I needed just a little bit more from the third act. I felt like it really slowed down in yeah, the third act. That's and it was just, my problem um, with it, yeah. I needed a bigger, I guess I needed a bigger resolve. And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess some spoilers. Uh, you know, you find out that she was, obviously, both the kids were abused, in different ways, it seems. And she was abused by the boyfriend of her of her mother. And he's the one that ends up uh, burying her uh, in that, that spot. I needed some resolve there. I needed some revenge. And who knows? Maybe it did happen. They just didn't want to show it. But, you know, she returns home undead and, uh, you know, meets her mother. But we don't see anything happen to that boyfriend. I thought we were going to get some, some payoff there with that. And... Unfortunately, we didn't. But maybe we did. Maybe we didn't. Didn't need it. And, and and who knows? Like I said, maybe something happened. It's it's uh, it was uh, it, yeah, very disturbing with uh, with the children there for sure. Yeah, I thought the part where like we got clued in that the ring of people on Joseph's level there was it was more than just him when those like, yeah. first hunters like came and confronted them. It's like. Oh, Jesus. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Super cool little indie movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I'm so glad you watched it, Jason, because I told you then that like, after I watched it, I'm like, you will like this movie. Yeah, it's super cool. Didn't make my list, but man, total recommend. And it would have been higher up on mine had there been some kind of score. <laughs> I feel like there was so much emotion already in the movie that the score could have really like helped it and pushed it up higher up on my list, but it's almost non-existent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which doesn't help when, like you said, when the third act when it starts to drag. So yeah, yeah. Cool, awesome. Anybody else see this one? Where are we at? Yeah, I saw it. I I thought it was very unique, and I I. (laughs) don't really have much else to add to it i thought the boy's story was very tragic and it was sort of uh, a weird heartwarming thing when they sort of work together you know and not necessarily to do good or anything but uh <laughs> to see that these two sort of really scarred people can bond on in some way you know yeah there was that there was a little humanity left in both of them yeah yeah it's good. All right, cool. Um, Andy, what's your number seven? Um, my number seven is actually Upgrade. Woo! Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah um, uh, the, 
we've already pretty much covered it, but I just want to say that Lee Wannell just continues to impress me with his storytelling and his writing. Yeah. Uh, he's, he, he proves that he's not a one-trick pony. I mean, he, when you can yeah. go, when you can, when the same guy who writes Saw can write Cooties yeah. and then Sidious and then, and now just do this, this really great, um, I guess, body horror sci-fi flick like this. I mean, he just, he's, he's, he's really, really impressive to me and. Yeah, that's that's all I got. That's all I got to add a bit to that, you know, because we've pretty much covered it. So, awesome. Would you have something else? Oh, I just I, I'm excited to see what he does next. I haven't been following his IMDb or anything or him, but yeah, I know I'm excited. Cool, Ted. What's your seven? My number seven is Terrified. Oh, which yeah, yeah, is did who else saw this one? Oh, I did. I know Jason did. So it's yeah, just us it. three. Yep. Yeah, you saw it? Oh two. wait, I'm thinking. Am I? Is Terrifier. it? Is this the? Uh, maybe I saw Terrifier. That's Terrif- the Terrifier is the clown one. Yeah. All right. Nope. Sorry, I didn't see that one. Okay. Yeah, this one, man. Even one still of the little boy sitting at the kitchen table would have got it on this list because it's <laughs> fucking terrifying. There's a lot of uh, moments in that oh. in this movie, man. That yeah. are just. It's probably, yeah. the, I think it was the scariest movie of the year. Yeah, I have to agree. Oh. Uh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's really simple plot. You know, they're investigating some weird shit going on in this house. The opening sort of sequence that sets it up for you is also oh, fuck. like a, oh, a, a holy shit moment. And so they, they get it going right from the beginning, you know, and don't don't let up. Uh, no. And when I heard that, uh, Gomero del Toro's producing a U.S. remake. It made complete sense. Yeah. It's like you know, you can almost see his. I'm sort of split on it because it's like it doesn't need to be remade, but no. if someone's got to, why not let him do it? So, uh, yeah, this is an Argentinian Argentina horror film. Uh, just some really memorable scenes. Probably the most memorable scenes of the year, I would say. Some of them. Uh, hmm. I didn't expect this one to sort of pop out like this high on my list uh, watching it on Shudder. I mean, I I guess I saw some reviews that were toting it as amazing. But when I actually sat down and watched it, it was like a holy shit type thing. There's a lot of like holy shit moments in this one. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't make my list, but again, I still think it's, it's got some of the creepiest imagery out of any other movie this year, and <laughs> and this is coming, and like I'm highly <laughs> recommending it because this is coming from a guy who is so burnt out on ghost movies. So take that into consideration because I know I'm not the only one. Yep, so. same. And it kind of plays like kind of plays like an anthology film, a little bit, you know, because you got because it kind of jumps from. It's kind of like a haunted block, yeah. right? Instead of just yeah. one place and. Yeah, like each place has has a story. <clears throat> yep. And oh fuck, man! Yeah, opening but, scene. <laughs> yeah, that and uh, like when they go to that, you know, the little boy sitting at the table. Like I've I've got to mention <laughs> that one again, just because it's like it's right out in the open. It there's nothing. There's no like slow build to it or anything. They just call these people. Are like, uh, this 
boy is dead and buried, and for some reason now he's sitting at a kitchen table. And we if we think he's mm. moving. We're not sure. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> come, come, figure this out. And him sitting there, like, uh, just the he's not a like a gooey zombie. He's like a dusty, crusty, he, horrible dead child that's he, freshly dead. Ugh. You know that moment in T2 when it's the dream sequence and the nuclear bomb glows off and the children <laughs> at the playground they turn into they turn to ash and then blow away. That's what that little boy is. It's a it's a human form of ash yeah. sitting there. Or the fucking like, one about the the guy with the shit happening while he's sleeping. Why would you still live there? Why would <laughs> you know. immediately move? I I would have to say this movie gets the award for scariest scariest moment of a guy trying to plug in a lamp <laughs> every time he reaches under his bed to plug in that Stop. lamp i'm like yeah. i'd rather just sit in the dark or get off the goddamn bed and look underneath uh-huh. the bed where your hand is at because it's gonna get grabbed oh, fuck. well maybe he needs to plug in the lamp to look underneath the bed I don't care. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or imagery, that scene of the lady running out of the house that's all flipped over in a car. When they're trying to take off in the car, and she's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, there's some shit in this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On Shudder, definitely watch it. Yeah. Yeah, cool. and if you guys like this one, check out uh, Satan Slaves. It has a lot of, uh, yeah. not necessarily similarities, but in tone, it's it has a lot of this like a lot of really scary sort of moments like that too. Damn, I was really hoping to get to that one too, and I didn't. Shit. Okay. Yep. I was I was really hoping I was done watching 2018 movies. And I oh no. To... <laughs> oh, dude, I'm like writing a shitload of these down. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm just, yeah, I need to get, I need to get off my, well, I need to get on my butt and in front of the <laughs> yeah, toilet. Right. There you go. <laughs> All right, so my number seven is Revenge. Yes! I love this movie. It was so much fun. I, I was, I basically, when I was talking to Jason, talking to Jason about it, I was basically figuring shit out as I was talking to him because... <laughs> I accepted, somehow, in my mind, I accepted the fact that this woman gets pushed off a cliff, lands and gets stabbed through the chest by a, by a tree, bleeds out more than a stuffed pig, yet can still get up and make it all the way through the desert um, barefoot. I accepted that. <laughs> what, what made me almost lose my touch, my, my, what almost made me lose um, how I felt about this movie was when... She's in that cave, and she is trying to cauterize her wound, and she uses that um, uh, the like energy, energy drink can. can, and it burns the eagle into her belly. I'm like, what the fuck? That's, that's when you. Lose that's it. When- <laughs> right. Come on. But, but that was. But then that was the moment, and how I didn't come to terms with this ahead of time. That was the moment when I realized what this movie was. Oh, yeah. It's I'm like, oh, this is a '70s. Rape revenge exploitation movie, hundred percent. Logic does not matter in in a seventies rape revenge exploitation movie. Because yeah, all, you you can't go in this movie and expecting logic. But if you want to see a lot of freaking kick ass imagery and some cool kills, this is the movie for you. You know, like you know what movie it is when she exits the cave and she's got this eagle scar on her belly. She's in nothing but her bra and panties, and she's 
and she's carrying guns and got a gun belt and all this stuff. I'm like, that's a fucking movie poster right there <laughs> that you would see a Grindhouse Theater in New York. Yeah, this one uh, almost, this was like on my list temporarily, you know. It, it barely yeah. got nudged off, but man, what a ride. Yeah. Almost made my list too. I can't, the fucking uh, end of the, the whole end of the movie, like, is like the bloodiest Terrible. thing I've seen ever. Whoa, whoa, whoa what? <laughs> and we take a turn. Oh, sorry. Go <laughs> ahead. Hold it in. Dustin couldn't hold it in. I love it. No, oh, I'm done. How, stand it was a it. I blood stand fest. It. it was so cool, just going round and round, fighting. That the was blood. the worst. Oh, Bugs Bunny cartoons are awesome. Yeah, just oh. blood everywhere. They're both practically naked. I'm like, yep, this is a '70s exploitation movie. I think he it was he was naked, right? He was completely naked, but she was still just bra and panties. But uh, so much yeah. blood, <laughs> more blood. Then two a, people's bodies have yes. <laughs> no, and that's what's <laughs> awesome. But uh, <laughs> apparently, not everybody agrees. Dustin, Dustin. it worked in Evil Dead too. I right? mean, it's, <laughs> blood was everywhere. All well, right. I knew it was going to be like an exploitative type movie. I just, I just had, uh, I don't know. I guess I just wasn't interested in a lot of what was happening. Um, I don't know. I just it was just. I don't know. Here, here. I, uh, um, I got Brian R. from Rotten Tomatoes says it best. He gives it a one and a half star. He says, a really bloody and violent Mountain Dew commercial. And that's <laughs> what I felt as well. I like that's that. Good. That's that's. How is that a one star review? That sounds like a five star review to me. Bloody. I like blood. I like Mountain Dew. That's what else? <laughs> He's just making me want to watch this movie more. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong though, because it does have a really kick-ass look, uh, stylized to the film. There's like the colors are the contrast is really pumped out. Like it's yeah, it's like an Instagram filter or a music video for, for real, yeah. and in a, in a pretty way for sure. And that's what I think. I think that's maybe what I had trouble with because when when I see something that's so well shot and looks so good, and it's supposed to be like in a seventies exploitation I film, think that's what confused Mike for half the movie is because it, of that. It's I, confusing. That's, that's why. That's why. It like seriously, that. it wasn't until the eagle moment when I realized what the movie was because <laughs> it looked so good, you know. And then I felt stupid because like, oh, yeah, no woman's going to be able to get herself unimpaled from a tree who's already bled out all of her blood and walk practically naked through the desert and not die. Yeah. So, let alone be able to get up the the willpower to get revenge on the people that did this to her. Um I I'm curious when you when you guys talk about the way that it was shot, was it sh- cuz I'm remembering like the film Hopo with a shotgun and it was shot like in Technicolor and the, and it was like really really saturated are you talking about that kind of like 70s grindhouse style or are you just talking about the style of the film itself No it's not uh, sort of like that yeah Well I wouldn't say it has a grindhouse look to it cuz those are that, that that's that's kind of a a grittier look I think um this, Yeah this, this is, is more is, like yeah. pink neon uh like okay. bright uh, bright colors, like it has a lot. Of, yeah, very saturated, but um, not necessarily like gritty at all. Just more. Yeah, it's you know, 
no it's cigarette sh- burns and pops and scratches. No, no, no. Oh, no, not yeah, at all. It, it's all shot in, like, sunlight. There's plenty of light. You can see everything that's happening. Everything's well lit. There's awesome wide shots. I mean, it just looks like a, a, a grade A, you know, full production shot movie. Like, it's supposed to be... Uh, like the the tone of the way it's shot seems like it should be something dead serious when in fact it's not, and it's just it's weird for me, and I just had some weird problems with it. I guess it was kind of the same. I mean, I I get what you're saying because I mean, obviously, like I said, it it took me a while to figure out what the movie was actually supposed to be, and I and that's what I blame. I blame the look of the film. It's too well shot to be that kind of film. And I kind of felt the same way about when I watched Mandy, which I'm pretty sure we'll get into at some point, so I won't talk too much. <laughs> but, like, like Mandy threw me for a loop as well because it's so beautifully shot, so well shot, that this is not what I, this is not what I think an exploitation movie should look like. But, you know, obviously we live in, we live, we live in a day and age now where sure you can do. make an exploitation film and have it look beautiful, and I've yeah. got it. I gotta let that shit go. So, okay, so we're ready to move on to number six. Man, we're trucking. All right, we're moving along. So let's go back in the original order here. Andy, what is your number six? Okay. Uh, gosh, you guys got me scared now. Uh, <laughs> Be afraid. Ah, uh, uh, no, I'm not. Uh, this is this is just a personal preference for me, and it just. Um, I think in terms lately, we are, we're lacking kind of like a big, nasty horror film heavy, um, to, you know, kind of bring in, cause we had them there. They were everywhere in the eighties, you know, yeah. uh, with the exception of maybe in the nineties with Candyman and everything. So my number six right now is Terrifier. Woo. Um, yeah, uh, this. I mean, it's. I mean, it's not. There's nothing fancy about it. There's the the story of this movie is. You know, I I probably could have wrote wrote this in the sixth grade. There's nothing really <laughs> fancy about the story. No, I no. mean, there there really isn't. But for me, it just works on a vicious, visceral ass level. Everything oh, yeah. you know. Just, um, there, there was stuff that I didn't expect. I mean, it's a crazy gore fest, which you know, I'm I'm very happy watching those movies the 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 more batshit the better uh which is why we will get into mandy later uh uh, but i mean the the, this guy just was obviously just that he just up the crazy level i mean all that you know the skinning of the i mean when the chick was hanging upside down oh my god yeah Uh, that's the iconic moment of this movie yeah, I mean, and all the uh, the Ed Gein kind of stuff that he did, you, you know what I'm talking about there, just completely just off-the-wall uh, crazy stuff, and there was there was deaths in this, I mean, I the, uh, it kind of had like a, and I'm not comparing this to Psycho whatsoever, but uh, the the fact that the girl died, one of them, the, the main girl died. That right. I thought oh, it, it keeps kind of switching was, protagonists like throughout the entire movie. Like it, you think, oh, this is going to be your final. Nope, this is going to be nope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And but the one thing that uh, that I, my my one gripe for this is 
how the hell did he move so goddamn fast with them big ass shoes? How, did he, how was he always <laughs> able to chase her? Uh, well, but other, who knows? Other who knows? than that, yeah, I, I I really liked it. I mean, it for for what they had to work with, they they used it really well, in my opinion. So, well, you're gonna. I've heard, I'm sorry. I've heard like I've heard like really hot and really cold with with this film. So, I I myself really really enjoyed it. So that's my number six, Terrifier, Art the Clown. You guys are going to learn much, much, much later how much I love this movie, but I fucking do, and and it's interesting that you bring it up right after talking about Revenge, because this is shot how I would expect an exploitation movie to be shot. <laughs> much darker, a lot of reds, a lot of just, like, well, you know, greens and just uglier color scheme, and you got that nasty-ass building that's all dilapidated and gross, and... That's what you expect to see in an there's exploitation. Not like, film. There's not like yeah. a main storyline. It's just a bunch of right and left turns, mm-hmm. and you just yeah. don't know where it's going. And, and it's all just eye candy. And and I and finally, I think for me, again for me, you know, I've lived with in the world of horror, clown movie after clown movie. You got your killer clowns. You got your Pennywise, and you know, and how it seems like. Half of society is scared of clowns. But finally, a cinematic clown that I can be scared of. Like, the guy, I just kudos to the makeup, the, the, the character design, and the fucking performance of this guy. Just that scene, when he's sitting in that, in that diner staring at those girls, was giving me fucking chills. He, yeah, all he, be- he has to do is sit there. And even when he's being, like, trying to be silly and goofy, it's freaking horrifying. When he flashes that damn row of teeth he's got, Jesus. Uh-huh. Oh, man, just, yeah, the creepiest clown in cinema history, in my opinion. I don't know, I thought maybe the creepiest part was when he was wearing the other girl's skin. I know! <laughs> and That's was, the Ed Gein, man. I, see, oh, God. see, to me, this is, this, is, this is maybe a little too extreme, but this is what I would think the Joker, how the Joker should be really portrayed in a film. Just, oh wow! Uh, and and tonally, that scene in particular. Not that I expect the Joker to cut off a woman's tits and then walk around wearing wearing her tits and you know naked with his wee wee tucked, but yeah. but I think the the <laughs> best Joker is the Joker that can make me laugh and terrify me at the same time. And I was laughing my head off at that scene because he's got he's got his dick tucked and he's doing the whole Silence of the Lambs walk. And, but he's it puts like the lotion on the skin. Yeah, but he's got the high heels on, and he's got his leg, he's got his knees locked together to keep his his dick tucked back, so he's not moving very well. And I think it's just the movement is hilarious. And then I'm sitting there questioning my own sanity and why I'm laughing at this. The guy is wearing <laughs> another woman's tits on his chest, and and yet. So it's like disturb it was one of those like disturbing funny moments that like uh, that. I, I, I think that's what the Joker should be personally. So agreed. Yeah. <sighs> All right, cool. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this will movie get get talked about some more as we go. So, Dustin, what is your number six? Uh, well, we already talked about it. Um, it's Halloween, 
was my number six. Woo! I like nice. I said, I was going into it, uh, just the buildup of it. I'm like, man, it's gonna suck. It's gonna suck. And then I finally got to watch it, and I just, I really just fell in love with it. So, uh, gosh, I liked every, almost everything about it. Um, I didn't have really, gosh, like this, this is higher up on my list. I didn't have too many problems with it at all. Um, I thought it was funny. I thought it was gruesome. I thought that, uh, uh, Jamie Curtis, Jamie Lee Curtis did great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Michael Myers, uh, I can't think of the guy's new name. Um, uh, John, James Jude Courtney. Yes. I, 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure that's it. I thought he did a great job. Oh yeah. Um, man, it's just, it was just, it was kind of refreshing because I was really going into it, expecting it to just really hate it. And sometimes that can help me like a movie, but I feel like had I had a little hype in me, I probably still would have liked it. So it's, that's, it's right in the middle of my list. Number six. The, the tragic evolution of the Laurie Strode character is what I really loved about this film. And, um, you physically she looks like you know basically she aged but you can when you look at her you can tell that mentally she never le- she never left 1978 does that make sense yeah yeah and that's yeah. what that's one of the things i really really loved about this this film this this well basically the follow up to halloween 40 years later uh yeah i you know, you'll you'll hear you'll you will hear about Halloween later in my list as well. So, um, I got a question for people about this movie because I feel like there there was always a divide between Halloween fans with um, the whole Laurie Strode plot and Michael being her brother, and this one just kind of ignores that. And it goes back to like we you know Mike always says: uh, the more you know, the more uh, the less scary it is. I feel like this one takes the same direction it's just we just don't know it yet like uh it's gonna we're gonna get another movie probably explaining some more about michael and maybe some more about this uh universe of laurie strode and i think we're gonna be back in the same boat but uh that's my theory but uh who is on that side with uh, they dislike the laurie strode michael myers brother plot and uh did they feel like this was going in the direction they wanted it to. Well, I, uh, it's not that I didn't like it. Um, it just, I know that it, it took me the entire first time of watching it to even like grasp the change. Like it was really hard for me, really hard for Mm -hmm. me to, to be like, to not think he was motivated by family instead of, because we've lived with that thread our entire lives. Right, right. It's so ingrained in horror culture yep. in general. So, I yeah, think, I think I get it and the change. I think I understand it, but man, it really did take that first time to like get it out of my system. It was hard to like not think about the whole time. It took me a little bit too because I through through watching the film, I kept questioning his motivation. Yeah, like why why Haddonfield? Why does he why does he feel the need to go back to Haddonfield? Um, you know why does he select those that he kills? My favorite scene, yet at the same time, I again questioning his motives is that is that first scene when he's in the he's in that city block that that suburban block there uh, in Haddonfield and he's walking down the sidewalk and there's all these people around him trick or treaters and then there's house after house in the house 
And he chooses this one house to go into and kills that old lady. Then he leaves that house, walks a few houses down, goes into that house and kills that woman. It's my favorite shot because it's like all one shot. Fuck yeah. And when it's and when he's like looking in the window and it just stays on that big open window, and then he goes around the back side of the house and then comes in to the house from the back, and yeah. you, you see him pop up there and you're like, oh that that was fucking gorgeous. That was beautiful, beautifully constructed shot. But part of me sitting there thinking, why did he choose this house? He just walked by three other houses. Why why this house and not those other houses? You know? Why did he not kill, you know, that that couple that was standing at their car and he's like, Oh, I forgot my wallet, I gotta go back in and get my wallet you know, he's standing there watching them. Why didn't he kill them? I just you know like I feel like any time he's ever killed in a movie before, it's for it's for some kind of goal. Like, like the first woman he kills, the old lady he kills, I can write it off as saying, oh, he, was, he's, he went into that house to get his weapon. He went in that house to get the knife, and that's why he killed her. You know, but, like, I, but so I kind of question, so I'm kind of left questioning, what is his, what is, what, 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 Taking the motivation, motivation away of family makes yeah. you think about what it really is. And- but again, well, Dustin says that, and I and I'm still that way. Don't get me wrong, Dustin. I'm still that way. Like the more I know, the less scary the monster is. But you know, it just it just uh, just felt a, I don't know maybe a little disjointed on why why this house not that house why this person not this person. And, and, can we follow the continuity from the first film to this one? I mean, if we're going to follow that, I mean, he's just that's what he is. He's just ruthless next person to the next person he needs this truck so he kills the guy in the truck so he gets in the truck goes to haddonfield the motivation of haddonfield is still up in the air but like once he's in haddonfield it's just like he's getting what he needs to do what he wants to kill so he's finding his weapon he's killing that person he's just going from house to house to house so i feel like if you're going to have continuity from the first one to the second one it's still there he's just this traveling man just well, killing I, people no so, i agree yeah. i mean i can argue both sides of that i totally agree i think that's where I'm having still maybe still having issues of letting go of the sister plotline, um, okay. and I felt like they did a really good because I was really worried going into it. I'm like, did they fuck themselves? Am I going to be like, is this uber convenient that he finally is free after 40 years and just so happens to be battling Laurie Strode again for some convenient reason? But I thought they did a pretty decent job of avoiding that. Um, you know, and so I think it because even one, even back when I watched the first Halloween, I went in knowing that even though it's not part of the original film, it's not part of the original film at all. But I went in already knowing that mythology of Lori is his sister. So, so it, so it, it's still hard for me to separate that. Um, but yet, on the other side of it, again, my favorite moment of the whole movie when he walks into that house and kills that woman in front of that big bay window. Why again? Why? Yeah. What did he gain from that kill? But I, why doesn't I, he kill the baby? I mean, there's so many questions up in the air. That, yeah, that's, that's yeah. And I, again, like true. not knowing the motivation is is also again something that w- that makes Michael more scary. So that's 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 what that's what I think. I mean, the, the fact that he has like this random bloodlust that you know there's no rhyme or reason to it. I mean, when you you know, we we fear what we don't know, and when we can't figure this guy out, I mm-hmm. think that makes him all that much more terrifying. Yeah, fear of the unknown is, and that's and that's so that's why I like the more we know, the less scary it gets. So, yeah, 
Yeah, so I think maybe I'm like Jason. I need to watch it a second time now and really let... Because I thought I went in letting it go, but apparently I didn't, so... I, 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 just, I don't have a real opinion about it either way. It's just ingrained in my DNA you know, that I, I've been told all these years that Laurie Strode is Michael's sister. So, But I also, also not a dumbass, I know that was never intended in the first place when they made the first movie. So, oh, that's, that's, what I re- that's what I really should do. I know, I've heard a lot of people doing this, sitting down and watching both of them back to back. I know a lot of I, I talked to a lot of people that uh, that watched the first movie before going and seeing the new one in the theater. Ted did too, right? Oh yeah, maybe that's that's who. Yeah, I saw both in the theater back yeah. to back. Mm-hmm. Oh nice. So yeah, that's what I really need to do. I think. What's your thoughts, Ted? Um, as far as the Dustin's question. Oh, I don't know. That's a tough one because I don't. I didn't have a hard time separating it um, because it didn't necessarily play out that in this film. It didn't necessarily mean you know. I don't know. He didn't need a no, need a motivation. It wasn't like that. It just sort of he he wasn't necessarily just going after Lori, but he ended up at Lori, and that's okay with me. Um, I didn't have a hard time blocking it. But I just didn't. I didn't really just maybe just didn't really think about it too much. Uh, watch, watching them back to back is a cool experience. I've heard some complaints that the new movie steals or not it has too many nods to the sequels or to the uh, original series, which I don't agree with. I mean, other than the one kill Mike talked about, where he goes into the house, it's a lot like the you know scene in in Halloween two, but. Uh, I don't know. There's, you know, there's a lot of stuff to love about this one. I feel like it could have been monumentally bad, and it was actually very good. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely, yeah, agreed. Okay, so hey, Mike, I have a quick yeah. question for you before we move on. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, do, do you plan on purchasing this movie? Like physically? Oh yeah, well, because well, one, I'm a completist, so yes. Right. Um, but, okay. Uh, Next big question. Well, hold up. Okay. Where are you putting it? <laughs> God damn shelf. it! No. Where's it going on the shelf? <laughs> Son of a bitch. That's a hard one, right? Episode. You put that at the end. I don't know. Well, if I don't, then do I have to put? Do I have to put Rob Zombie's Halloween in in the middle of those of the of the first one and the? That's true. You know, because they're all three just called Halloween. Yeah, Ted's got the easy answer. It was 78, 2000, whatever, and then this one. Well, it actually, because the Halloween box set physically Uh, contains all the films in order, it would just go next to the box set. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Problem solved. Yeah, okay, that's a curious. great. No, that's a great question. I, me personally, you may have to build like a like a tree that forks off, and then you yeah. could like yes. set them, get it done that way. A Halloween tree. You should design that. That's a good idea. Where I'm where I'm at in my life right now, I'd probably put it at the end, so it's chronological. more chronological. Yeah, it'd probably sit on top of this box set because I don't have any fucking room on my shelf. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> I would do mine chronologically, personally, but yeah. it's a good question. It's a good question. Great question. Absolutely. Now I'm gonna not be Important. able to sleep at night. 
That's that's what scares me the most. It's just where do I put all my horror movies? Yeah. All right. So my number six. No, wait, Jason, you're next. You're number six. Oh, okay. My number six. Uh, fantastic movie. I, I loved it a lot. Um, Summer of '84. Woo! Absolutely. Um, it has everything I I love about movies. Um, kids on bikes and then <laughs> blood. So that's it. I had everything. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, just it's it's just awesome. Um, um I love the great sto- sound. Great, great soundtrack. soundtrack. You know, synth, synth music is great. Just the RKSS has done no wrong yet, and um, it's I love I love talking to people about this movie. Because, you know, it all builds to that spoiler just to see everyone's fucking freak out about what happened and if it really happened or not. And uh, just to <laughs> see everybody's face. And um, I got to watch this in the theater because Tad played it and Dustin was there too. And it was... It was fun. It was had a, a boy. fun night. And just sitting out, you know, just sitting out and talking about the movie hours after it's over. Oh, like, nice. Yeah, that's the good stuff. And... And I and I love I, yeah I'll never complain about the retro wave that's happening. So I'll, I'll <laughs> I love it. it. I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, I love it I'll too. Love it. And I can't believe there's already so much Tired backlash about it. No, it's like it's barely started. Right, right. <laughs> you got Stranger Things and it, and that's it really. <laughs> Unless you really want to dig it a little deeper, you got Super Ape. That was a few years Super back. Super Ape was so good, and for that reason. What I like about this, though, I feel like it's taking that that sub 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 genre <laughs> and flipping the bird to it because, and even movies of the '80s that were that this is all based off of because, like the end of the Goonies, everything is great, uh-huh. you know. At the end of Stranger, oh, yeah. at the end of Stranger Things, all the kids live, all the kids survive, you know, and oh, they man. they save the day. That's not the case in this movie no. at all. No. the fucking I mean, besides. The one kid, the the part that is hard to watch because it's the yeah. saddest thing ever. But I think one of the scariest moments in film this year is the fucking speech he gave that kid. Uh huh. That is straight oh, up mental, torturous, evil. That's what that I'm saying. Is evil. Whether they, I, whether the kids lived or survived in this movie, because like again, going back to Stranger Things. That wraps up, and they just go back to their normal lives. These kids, this is real. These kids' lives are never fucking normal again. Uh-uh. Any it of amp- them. It it amplifies the the main character's loss of his innocence. You know, he's growing up. You know, it's just like, and he forces, and it forces his ass to grow up really, really damn quick. His life is fucked. And, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't have a pretty Hollywood ending, you know, tied up in a bow. I oh, mean, no. it, and that's one of the one of the reasons why I liked it even more because it's just it's more it seemed more true to life to me. Yep, and like most films, I hope that it doesn't have a sequel. I hope that that's yeah. it. Yeah, I hope you're right. I hope most uh, films leave, don't leave have be. sequels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Summer in '94. No, like an come adult. on. <laughs> <laughs> When I and I just want to I want to touch on you know you talk about this retro wave that everybody's uh, um, you know they said there's a little bit of backlash to it but this is at least a an original film yeah that it's that it takes place back you know back in the day but it's a good original film 
but Hollywood has been remaking all sorts of films that were made back during this time or in the 70s and kind of not doing very well with them. But this is this is an, at least an original piece set back then, and it's a lot better than the remakes that we're seeing now. That's just my two cents. Mm-hmm. All I know yeah. is if you're a filmmaker and you're making a retro wave movie that you need to contact finally some action for to do your to do your score because yeah. that band's kick ass. Thank you. Just say that. <laughs> Dustin's we'll taking the retro wave to another level. Sorry. Yeah, that's what I love about this movie uh, the most is probably the score Lee Mactos, I think is how you say it, who's uh, a a pretty big artist in the retro wave community. And what's so great about something like this is that a movie that takes place in 84, uh, could you even make it without having any music? You probably couldn't. And if you did, you probably only have, especially a movie of this budget, enough money to, to have maybe a few songs that were from that time because mm-hmm. they're just so expensive to put in your movie. Yeah. Or you can have this artist who is great in recreating just the time period with the right synthesizers, creating an entire score for your movie, <clears throat> excuse me, and still have it be excellent and be within that time period. And I think that's, I think I think more movies should should gravitate towards that. I, not not I'm against uh, having original music from that time period in, in movies and shows. It's just that you've got artists who are making this music to true form uh, with legit equipment that sounds just like it. And it's original, you know? It's kind of like uh, ha- choosing uh, for your birthday party. Do you want a cover band that uh, plays this type of music? Uh-huh. Or do you, do you want the band who, like, plays legit originals of this type of music? And that's mm. how I've been doing it, how I've been uh, approaching it. I thought that was excellent because you get this score to the entire movie, and it's beautiful. Well, when you talk about, like, taking, you know, using you know, previous music from, like, from the 80s films are you are you talking about like when they're like using particular rock songs and stuff like that or yeah i think because uh... I, I agree with you 100 percent. but also stop and think about this though like how many movies in the 80s were using like the top hits the ones that we love anyway like monster squad who the fuck is that band that does that that montage <laughs> song "Rock Until You Drop"? Who the fuck is that? Right? You know, <laughs> right. Night of the Creeps, that opening song, Night of the Creeps. Fucking love that song. Who the hell was that group? That wasn't like um, Duran Duran or anything like that. So, yeah. right. You just noticed. I've just been noticing that like uh, bigger budgets that do have it, they just flood their um, <clears throat> they flood their shows or movies with the music from that era. And for somebody like me, who's a sucker for that, they get lost in that nostalgia, and they forget <laughs> that they're watching maybe something that isn't that good. Um, yeah. <laughs> but with this, uh, you don't get that excuse, because uh, it's all original scoring. And I, I think yeah. there's maybe some fake-type music in there as well. From I, I'm not sure if it uses any licensed music in it or not on on the other side of the coin though um and a lot of those popular 80 80s movies tangerine dream was producing a lot of the same kind of sounds as well and i and i love tangerine dream you know i but they they were playing similar similar music and i think that's probably why that this maybe to an extent why 
this particular type of music is used in some of these movies. Awesome. Yeah, it's 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 this resurgence of these retro wave films, and it's the music that's in these films have definitely re-inspired me to. That's that's been the leading thing for me to get back into soundtracks and scores mm-hmm. um, with all this synth wave poppy goodness over the last few years. Really, really, really inspired me to to get back into soundtracks. I love it. I love it. It's, yes. it's all over. It's all over YouTube. I listen to it all the time. Yeah, that new retro wave. It's great stuff. <clears throat> all right. So moving on. Um, great, great pick. Thanks. Love the movie. Unfortunately, didn't absolutely. Make, just barely missed my list again. Oh man, what kind of shit did you put on your list? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, number. My number six is um, Strangers Pray at Night. Nice. I loved it. Speaking of kick-ass old soundtracks. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And they do use some licensed songs, but they use them so good. (laughs) They do. That pool scene, man. The fucking pool scene. Now, here's a movie like I was nervous going into it. I I, I was going in, um, again, with with the fucking wrong opinion, right? Like... (laughs) I see the trailers and I'm like, this is all action-y. It's the different. First, the first movie's not like this at all. You know? <laughs> so, but I go into it and so I get, I finally sit my ass down in front of the theater screen and I'm like, fuck all that, you know? Like, just watch Let's it for its it. own merit. And it totally, it's not any, it has nothing, nothing to do with the first film. Totally. Oh, but man, it was so much fun. Yeah. It was a freaking intense ride, man. Some kick-ass scenes. Some very, you know, when you get into the that third act, there's some some again some over-the-top exploitation moments for oh, sure. Yeah, bridge, car, truck, fire. That's <laughs> so great. Yeah, yeah. Unrealistic, sure. Who gives a fuck? It looked cool. It did. It was, it was pretty cool looking. Um, but man, hands down, that pool scene was like the greatest thing ever. Um, my only my only beef with it, and this goes back to like the less you know, the scarier it is. I just wish none of the uh, none of the killers had talked. Like those, yeah. they don't talk much, but when they do, it's just like, oh, you're not scary. You're actually a human being underneath that mask. So, but uh, but man, yeah, I loved it. Anybody want to add? I think yeah. if I uh, could add, just have the the pool scene might make my list by itself. Uh, the rest of it didn't. Uh, I mean, I, I liked it. I didn't love it. Sure. I, I don't have major gripes, but uh, you know, it that that pool scene was cool as hell. Uh, yeah. I think maybe when I saw the trailers and stuff, I was sort of hoping the whole movie would be in that style of sort of neon, uh, bright, like I don't know something about that color palette but it wasn't but i mean it had everything i like about the strangers it just felt like a lot of it um was retreaded but not as well to me maybe mm, okay so that was my only gripe it's not a it's not like uh i'm not saying i didn't like it i liked the movie but yeah. um for wait, waiting this long i felt like <laughs> you know after mm. after we've waited this long for it and and it would have been almost impossible for them to yeah. either top or come close to that first because it sort of came in and pushed open the doors for you know a resurgence of the home invasion movie 
So they were up to a almost impossible task anyways, and, and they did a good job with it. I'm just saying that, uh, like we just spoke about with Summer of 84, some things don't need a sequel, and maybe this didn't. But Well, that was, that was another one of my opinions when I first heard about this movie. I'm like... Oh, this is one of those movies that just I wish they would never they would never have done a sequel to. Why do a sequel to it? Now after seeing this movie, I'm like, can't wait for the next one. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for the next one. Can we just stop with the angsty teen girl with a Ramon shirt attitude? Like, <laughs> like it's I swear to God, it it's so overplayed and so overused. I could I could have predicted every one of her lines before she said them in this movie. That's really I, I'm with Mike. I had a lot of fun with this, and I put the first one behind me because I I kind of read some reviews before this one and and knew what to expect going into it. But she was my only other gripe. Other than that, I had tons of fun with this movie. Yeah, well, and I get what you're saying too. Some of that, some of that, early, some of the stuff earlier in the movie, I wasn't into at all. Like the whole, you know, you thought the dad character was. I felt the dad character was utterly pointless in the movie, to be honest. So, like, totally. And how are you going to have Christine Hendricks with those boobs and not use them? But whatever. <laughs> Oh man, um, so cool. All right, so Tad, what is well, your? Oh, I'm sorry. I re- well, I'm just gonna say I I hadn't had a chance to watch this now, and now I really want to watch it. You mentioned uh, Christina Hendricks. Moving she's on. sort of sort of almost uh, underutilizing this because I would say she's. I mean, I guess it's been long enough from uh, Mad Men that she's not quite the name that she was, but I always feel like. She's been underutilized. I mean, she was great in Drive. She's yeah. great in a lot of stuff she's in, but she just sort of goes under the radar. It's like, oh, it's that, that uh, redhead with the big boobs from Mad Men. It's like, well, no, she's actually a pretty damn good actress. And Yeah, she wasn't. Uh, bad Santa, too, is really not worth watching. Oh, yeah, yeah. She that was, was in that, too. That, that's yeah. another example completely wasted. But, uh, yeah, check it out, at least. Yeah. If nothing else, it has that badass pool scene. So, yes, which I, I think is one of the best scenes of the year, let alone of this movie. So, but uh, Tad, what's your number six? My number six, and I'm busting out a big one that I feel like uh, might start <laughs> start a good conversation here is Mandy. Here we go. Oh, yeah, first appearance of Mandy. Yeah, yeah. I. Uh, I don't know. I feel like this could have this this one really hovered on my list. It could have been tor- higher up. It could have been off the list at times. I really went into this thinking it was going to be different, but not necessarily in a bad way. Um, it was just very. It was completely different than what I had in my mind from the trailer. It was much more of a slow burn, which I do like slow burns. Uh, it was much more, way more artsy than I expected. But when it comes down to it, it's a very, very simple story. There's not, mm-hmm. yeah, not much to it. But damn, what was there is, you know, you could even if you uh, watch this movie on mute, it would probably be on my list. But <laughs> it's just so <laughs> damn, just so damn cool and crazy. Uh, when people this year, like the last couple months, have been asking me, you know, what's what's a movie I should check out from this year, like a new horror movie? I send them this, and they either get back like. 
why did you make me watch that? Or thanks so much for showing me that. So it, I think this one's splitting people too. But from the horror community, I feel like it's getting a lot of love. So, yeah. I mean, j- just, I think I think someone described it. I've, I've heard a few awesome descriptions of this movie. One was like a, a metal album cover come to life, which yeah, is pretty accurate. Or, pretty or accurate. even maybe even better, like a, a painting on the side of a van come to life, which might be true too. So, which, uh, which, you know, when you think of that stuff, you, again, like you mentioned that this movie was way more, way more artsy than you expected it to be. And that was, that was my, uh, this is a movie that the more I've talked about it and I've been talking about it a lot, the more it grows on me. Yeah. Cause I didn't think you were going to like it at all. Yeah. Well, I about shut it off at, at oh. hour one. Because it was so fucking slow, and I'm like, really? And I have to I have two hours of this to sit through. But I'm glad I didn't turn it off because that second hour was what I wanted. That second hour was just fucking madness, and I, I loved it. Loved it. I, I loved it. I love this friggin' movie. I want a Cheddar Goblin. Uh, <laughs> the lighting and the atmosphere of this, you know, because like you said, it's an art house film. It just made it look like it wasn't even filmed on this fucking planet. You know, the, where yeah. he would go, yeah, like, on that then. motorcycle. I just, like, where the fuck is he? I know it's the 80s, but I didn't know... The 80s wasn't this fucking weird. I was like, where, where, where the fuck is this? Where's this? I mean, I know he's, like, a logger or, or whatever the hell. But, I mean, it's just... It's my kind of batshit crazy. I mean, it's it was like this... I mean, Nicolas Cage going full Nicolas Cage when he's in that bathroom and drinking that vodka. I <laughs> laughed my balls off. Oh, that! I thought it was. That's the scene right there. Hilarious. Yeah. Oh my god! Uh, uh, just the line, "You are a vicious snowflake," and you tore my shirt. Oh man! <laughs> awesome, awesome shit. I it's 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 it was my kind of movie from from the get go. Just you know, crazy demon. I don't know, sadomasochistic bikers, uh, just, yeah. They're like Cinnabons on motorcycles, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Cinnabikers. <laughs> they are the Cinnabons. <laughs> well, then, you know, they called them and they came and then they drank that, whatever the hell that shit was. That, LSD. Like, yeah, there you go. And, uh, yeah, the, the guy drank like half a pitcher of LSD, apparently. Yeah, that's 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 pretty good tolerance, I'd say. But yeah, the movie is play, you know, is shot so artfully. Yet it's again, it's a total exploitation movie. You wouldn't, you wouldn't look at this movie if you take all the insanity out of it. You wouldn't look at this movie and then think art on the side of a van. You know what I'm saying? Like it's that that's. The uh, the art on the side of a van does not belong on a museum wall next to the Mona Lisa. So, you know, just the fact that it, it took me a while to digest it just because of the the way it was shot. Um, but when it goes off the rails, it's, it's so awesome. Yeah. Um, and furthermore, I don't think you could have found anybody else to play that role besides Nicolas Cage. That was just, that was purely written for him, I think. Well, I heard he was originally, he wanted, they originally wanted him to play the cult leader. And Nicolas Cage is, no, I want to play the lead guy. Hmm. Yeah, the the cult leader, I was just like, he seems like the most insecure person I've ever seen in my life. One minute he's like total bad 
badass, and the next minute he's like, like literally, literally within the same dick. minute, he's yeah. Well, you <laughs> laugh at my penis, I'd fucking turn too. <laughs> but yeah, it is just it is it's so bizarre. It's just like it, it's a. It's a car crash you can't take your eyes away from. You just have to, you just, it's, I, I, I can't, I don't have the words to describe this movie. I know that I like it, but, yeah, it's, it's higher on my list, but I, I really dug it. I had some <laughs> troubles, I had some troubles with it. I just, I was like super, super hyped for this movie. I mean, like really like maybe a little bit too excited to watch it and then it kind of didn't meet the expectations but i'm kind of with mike the more i thought about it uh the more i i seem to have liked it uh and just going back and and reviewing it in my brain uh and just talking about it like we we joke and we love like the cheddar goblin but i i (laughs) honestly think it's like one of the most important parts of the movie because Nicolas Cage's character has had this awful, terrible thing happen to him. And the first thing he, you know, he comes in contact with after that is like, you know, spoiler alert is, is Mandy's like, you know, bones turning to dust. Then after that, he, he walks into his home and he sees the commercial of the, of the cheddar goblin. And he's just, he's just, he's in like complete, like, disarray he's like cheddar goblin like and and like it's the the first thing um i mean if anybody's had anything like traumatic happen to them and then like you 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 turn on the tv and you're like oh fuck they're showing a ford commercial like (laughs) the, the, the world doesn't care about me like like life is still happening the 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 earth is still turning and people are still doing what they're doing it doesn't nobody cares that this awful thing has just happened to you and like that's exactly when the turning point is he sees the cheddar goblin and he sees that oh well shit this thing's still happening this is still on tv like you know we were everything was just fine just a little while ago and all of a sudden it's just completely changed and can i think the next scene after that is the scene with him in drinking the vodka and going crazy and i feel like 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 I said, we joke about the Cheddar Goblin and being awesome, but like it's the turning point of the movie. I feel like yeah. it's when his switch is turned on to you know full on Nick Cage, and and I I think that's just a great thing. And a side note: Cheddar Goblin was filmed by the same duder who did uh, um, unedited unedited footage of a bear and uh, too many cooks. So no shit, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So love that yeah. guy. I I agree with what you what you said about when he when he walks into the house and sees it. it's like everything that he just saw was so damn surreal he can't even begin to process it. He's exactly. like he, and and yeah I I totally agree with you there. It's a, it's a very very important scene within the movie. It's it's almost like the linchpin before he goes off the rails and you know before he goes and gets revenge. And that's, you know, the only reason I bring that up is because I think a lot of people um, that I was talking to uh, who had also seen it said that the old, the best part was the Cheddar Goblin. And I'm thinking, well, there's a much, I mean, you just can't write off the entire movie. There's a much deeper meaning to just the Cheddar Goblin. I know it's silly to think about, but like, it's, that's just, I think that's just the way it is. 
Well, yeah, we went from a woman getting burned to like a goblin barfing rat macaroni onto a, <laughs> onto kids' heads. You know, it's right. it's a it's a bit of a jump, but yeah, I see your point. What are everybody's theories on the final shot of the movie? And I'm talking about in particular, so he's driving down the road, right? And then you see this big, wide-open shot of the background, and it's no longer the forest. It's like this weird, again, looks like a heavy metal album cover. And, like, the sky, there's, like, two suns or something in the sky, or moons, or I don't know. And like, Yeah. So what do we think that is? I think he's still tripping balls, from the uh, the LSD that he took, and he was snorting cocaine in that like trailer or whatever with with the with the Cinnabigers or whatever you want to call them. Okay. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think because uh, they talk about the bikers and how um, they're basically at a place they can never come back from, so they're always oh, on LSD, yeah. they're always on drugs, and I feel like um, I. I feel like that's he he went there and he's there and there's no going back and you see that on his face when he sees Mandy in the car with him driving and you know they talked about their planets and I think that might have was that their their signs or their planets in the background that they talk about earlier I mean it's just maybe just an homage to or a throwback to what they were discussing when they were in bed I mean, it's a fair assess. It's a fair assessment. I don't think Nicolas Cage blinks for two solid minutes when he's in that car. He's just, his <laughs> eyes are just so fucking wide. Yeah, I, I'm not going to try to make any uh, logic or explanation <laughs> for this one. I'll, it's like easier just to keep quiet because, I mean, the 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 story itself is very simple, but uh, you know, you can you could probably get really deep with some of these shots. So. I don't know. I, I don't know. In short, I don't know the answer to your question. Hmm. I did see somebody like online. Their their major question of this film was, you know, their major complaint in question. Well, it's never explained. How do you think Nick Cage's character just made his own sword? I'm like, that's the question you have watching this. <laughs> <laughs> how he made a sword come on you know. they show it he he, he forces yeah. it i mean <laughs> yeah but they're, they're questioning like where where did he get these skills how does how does one just forge us you know it, it's like you're that's the one thing that that's taking you out of this movie the logic of that is what's taking you out okay i just assume all loggers know how to forge swords i mean it's just i don't know you're that badass Plus, he's he's Nicolas Cage. Of course, he knows how to forge swords. Yeah, yeah. I think some people some people that are sort of griping about the movie in general, I think, are either looking for stuff that's not there. You know, they're like, well, it never explains what what these people, who they are. It doesn't give much backstory on them, like which I don't necessarily feel I need, but. and the other the other complaint seems like people are saying it's it's very pretentious and artsy to be artsy. Uh, I don't know. I I to me I just sit back and enjoy it, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. And you know, damn gorgeous movie. Really, Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So cool. So at this point, we are going to play a little guessing game. 
Man, we're halfway. Yeah, we're That's at the halfway crazy. mark, right? Um, so we're going to play a game where we're going to see if we can guess each other's top one picks. Yeah, because it's been, as we've been making our lists over the last months we've been working on it, we didn't wait to this week in the last two days, but as we've been working on our lists, I've been like, I'm like, oh man, what the fuck's Tad going to pick? Oh man, what? which one of Andy's 19 films is he going to pick? I don't know. <laughs> like, it's easier to pick You're his, just, my odds are better. But just, you guys are just cruel. Anyway, I've, I've just been excited to. I'm, I, I mean, this whole idea of the show is just awesome. Dustin says it every year, but it's the best part of the year, you know, like cramming all these movies in and having this much fun. And I, I just been, I just, I don't know, I got really excited to. I couldn't wait to hear what everyone's number one was. So I thought maybe we can make a little game out of it. Cool. Well, you should go first. I'll go then. fucking first. I'm right. scared. <laughs> okay. Well, so, but we're not giving away the answers until the yeah, next. Yeah. So don't don't even don't hint. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right or wrong. Just just let people do their thing. Right. This is just. Everybody yeah, keep track of their lists too. Yeah. We're uh because we're splitting this up. We're gonna do two episodes. So. You're yeah. welcome. Because man. This right. would be like a six-hour episode or longer. Or it's longer. already one of the longest episodes we've recorded <laughs> in a while. Yeah. yeah, which is great. Um, so yeah, this the answers will be revealed on the conclusion of <laughs> the 2018 awards show. Anyway, so my picks here's my brain. Um, I picked for Tad Annihilation. Okay, I picked. For Dustin, Mandy. <laughs> I, I think you're gonna be wrong on that. Yeah, I already know I'm said, wrong. Yeah. Um, Andy, I picked the Predator. Cause man, you know he's old school '80s. Like it's the yeah. closest thing we. I'll stop mm-hmm. talking. And for Mike, <laughs> and for Mike, I've just I've been watching you boner about it all year long. Oh no. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with. Terrifier. Anyway, that's my picks. Okay, cool. Yep. Uh, let's see. I'll go. Um, Andy. I picked Mandy because it rhymes. Because it rhymes, right? Of course. <laughs> Tad. I was torn. <laughs> really torn on this one. Yeah. Because I wouldn't think he'd put it at his number one. Right. But I also know how huge of a fan he is, so. I'm saying Halloween. You have somebody's got to pick it because right? it could be it. You easy. A quiet place. Oh, oh! Obviously, that's not I'm right. Just, the way you just I'm, reacted. I'm just throwing you off. And Dustin, I had the hardest time, so I kind of just copped out and went Puppet Master a little less right. <laughs> oh, whoa. that movie's awesome! Come on, I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm probably way wrong on all my guesses just based on responses. Okay, so then, Tad, what are your picks? Man, um, I think for you, Mike, I think uh, you might be the killer. Ooh, I think that might be up there. Jason, I'm going to go with Hereditary. Good guess. Andy, I'm going to go with Mandy also. The rhymes. And, and 
man, Dustin really fucked me up with this episode. Uh, <laughs> you think you think you know you look at someone's list, what they're seeing, what what they might like, and then what he lists on his then list. They pick tremors, you know, and you're like, yeah. I got to start over. <laughs> yeah, from the past episodes, <laughs> right? And so, uh, man, for him, I guess. Oh shit. Um, <laughs> Man, this one's tough. I'm going to go with The Dark. Nice. I, I, uh, I, I already said The Dark for this number seven. Oh, so. you're already wrong. Oh, yeah, then I'm already wrong. That's fine. Uh, okay, all right. <laughs> oh, you're not even going to try? I'm not, I'm not going to guess it, no. Okay. Andy, what are your picks? Okay. Um, I guess I'm going to take a huge stab in the dark uh, since uh, Dustin, I don't, I don't really know you. I'm gonna. I know it's much harder. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm gonna say the house that Jack built. Ooh. Maybe I don't know. Tad, I'm gonna go with Hereditary. Mike, I'm gonna go with uh, Terrifier. And Jason, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a Quiet Place. Hmm. Nice. And then Dustin. Um, well, yeah, you know, I've, I've i known Mike and Jason for so long. They'll be easier, and I, you know, I've known Tad a while uh, from just social media. So, but Andy is going to be tough, and we'll save him for last year. <laughs> but Mike, without a doubt, one hundred percent, I can say with complete certainty, the Predator. Um, Jason is going to be. Uh, <laughs> I wish you could have seen his face. That was awesome. <laughs> Uh, I think Jason's going to pick a quiet place. Oh, that's three um, quiet places for me. Yeah. And for for Tad, just from what I see posted on social media and uh, articles posted in our little chat room, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Halloween. Um, Safe bet. But I could be wrong, and just because of his silence, these are the reasons. I don't right? know if it is that, but eerily um, quiet for that movie. And uh, Andy, I'm I'm just gonna throw. I'm gonna say Mandy. I like the rhyming thing, so. <laughs> <laughs> It can't hurt, right? Yeah, it can't hurt. Oh, man. Awesome. Okay, so we will reveal the answers to these next episode. You don't get to find out now. You have to wait two more weeks to see who's right and who's wrong. And the top five. Oh, my gosh. And, the, and also to hear the rest of our We barely our touched list. on the hundred films we got on our list. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so that's it this is gonna be a two-parter folks so thanks for listening was was there any other business we were gonna do at the end of the show um no it's already so long let's okay all right that's fine we can save uh shout outs shout outs next. okay cool give them more time to answer good point good point um maybe in, uh, in a, another post or something yep too. okay so Thanks again for listening. I hope everybody had a great 2018. 2019's going to kick so much more ass. Oh, yeah. I hope. And I'll, watch, I'll watch some more films. <laughs> Andy's got a lot of homework now. And we will talk to you on the next episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Bye-bye. Oh, no. Could this be the end of? Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attack.